Dot-com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of these airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features that we give to you there for free. Uh, so do enjoy those again, freetalklive.com. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. All right. So, of course, lots to discuss, including the government looking to take control of computer software. It's one of the things that we have been sort of making fun of, the idea of, of how ludicrous uh, things would be if government actually had control over computer software, and we'll explain exactly what is being proposed here in a little bit. But first, we've got a special guest on the line. His name is George Donnelly, and the last time we talked to you, George, it was under uh, much less desirable circumstances. You were uh, you were in a kind of a federal court situation uh, wherein they, a federal goon had assaulted you out in front of a federal court. They had arrested you and charged you with, uh, was, it, was it wiretapping? No, with uh, assaulting a federal marshal. Oh, that's what it was. Assaulting a federal marshal, and then you, uh, you know, had to go through that odyssey, and thank goodness that's over. Now it's under much better circumstances, uh, because that certainly did not dissuade you from doing activism from the liberty perspective, and you have put together something that I think is, uh, is pretty unique in the world of all of the various liberty-oriented conferences uh, that we've seen come and go over the years, uh, various different conventions held in hotels and such. You went a, dip, a bit of a different direction. What are you up to this weekend? That's right. And uh, hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Sure. I kind of took uh, le- lemons and uh, made them into lemonade. I have a uh, something that's called Agra.io. It's a free online liberty conference, and it's happening this weekend. It's, uh, you know, you don't have to pay for plane tickets. You don't have to go through a TSA checkpoint. It's very relaxed. You can participate right through your computer, from your comfy couch, and in your PJs. Indeed. So what inspired this? Well, the uh, Liberty Forum, as uh, you guys know, was canceled this year. Uh, that was a real disappointment because I really enjoyed it. It's, you know, the, uh, the big uh, libertarian conference in New Hampshire every year. We need conferences like this because they cross-pollinate the movement. They, they get new people energized. They get uh, old people like me learning new things. And so uh, we needed something to replace it, and we needed something that didn't involve breaking the uh, the boycott that's going on right now against the TSA. And mm. Agri.io has so far fit the bill. What is now, Agra IO, you've got uh, this is you've got a, a huge lineup of speakers. Uh, it's what three days long? Is that right? That's right. It's all this weekend. It's starting tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. It goes through Sunday. We've got 78 presentations lined up and amazing speakers, including Ian, uh, Stefan Molyneux, Jim Babb, Catherine Bleich, Mary Ruert, Scott Horton, and, I mean, the list just goes on and on. Yeah, I saw there's basically three speakers to choose from at every moment. Um, Three channels. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) is it possible to pull all three up on different computers? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, you can definitely do that, but I, I think you might need some extra ears to hear them all. Yeah. Well, that's okay, because if you can't see one thing at one time, and there's no way anybody's going to be able to sit through all of the hours of the, this programming. There's just so much, and it's nonstop. So, uh, you know, you'll have to come back later and watch the archives, because this stuff, even if you miss it live, George, it's going to be up for a long time, right, afterwards. That's right. It'll be on our website, agora.io, right under the archives, and you'll be able to watch them anytime and as many times as you like. Now, um, the folks that, uh, you know, that, that do happen to watch it live, are they going to have the opportunity to – so what's the advantage of watching live, I guess, is what my question is. Well, you get the community experience because uh, you can uh, chat right there on the webpage with other participants, other live participants – and we're expecting uh, possibly as many as 500 people participating live. And you can ask questions to the speakers. So you can have uh, a conversation there. It's very interactive. Yeah, awesome. I think it's a really neat concept. Yeah, hey, George, this is JJ. We're planning on uh, trying to do that viewing uh, at the, the CAC over here. And You're going to have like a viewing a, party, basically. Yeah, right? basically have a, a situation where we can put it up on the wall and so it's a big screen, and then we can talk about it and the various ideas. That the CAC is the Keen Activist Center. That's right, Keen Activist Center right here in Keen. And uh, it should be a good party. We've, we've already got a, a good number of RSV, RSVPs. So, so that's a good uh, indicator. I mean, if people are excited enough about... Agora IO to actually come together to the same place to experience it together. That's kind of an interesting twist on this because one of my concerns when I first heard about this, George, was like, oh, great. So everybody's going to be separate. That's going to take away the whole atmosphere of a convention. What can we expect? Maybe, you know, 10 people watching on one, one channel. And you're saying there's going to be a lot of people turning out to watch. And indeed, maybe we're not the only place where multiple people are actually getting together physically in the same location to experience the presentations. That's right. And, uh, yeah, that's a great uh, – JJ's uh, event there in Keene is the fifth local meetup that we have organized so far for this weekend's Agri.io. Very cool. There are also meetups in uh, Phoenix, Richmond, Virginia, Philadelphia, and Minneapolis. And this gives, you know, that real-life feeling to it. Uh, you know, you get the most, best of both worlds, really. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's the best of all of them because you get to see, you get to have the the convention. You don't have to go do the flying. You don't have to get the hotel rooms. You don't have to pay for expensive uh, ticket prices or anything like that. And it you you get all this information. Fantastic. There's a lot of great information here. Uh, Jim Bat's going to talk about uh, the lessons learned from uh, Lysander Spooner's um, a lawsuit against the uh, or his defense against the post office compared with uh, what's happened with Bernard von Nothaus. Uh You know, kind of both cases, there were, we had an, an anarchist or libertarian entrepreneur trying to compete with the state. We've got folks, a lot of t- folks talking about silver, unschooling, homeschooling, and tons of agorist stuff. Yeah, I love it. The three different channels, uh, by the way, there's uh, Agorism, Peaceful Evolution, and Creative Media. Now, what's the uh, ANCAP Entrepreneur Network? Did you just add in a fourth channel because there's just too much stuff? Well, no, that's organized by Mark Thomas. He's a really interesting guy. He's really into um, building kind of the new agorist uh, business uh, ecosphere. And he's got some really good stuff on there. For example, Gil Guillory. Uh, is going to talk about his subscription patrol and restitution, kind of privatized police kind of idea. Interesting. And that's only on Friday. So what would you de- how would you define agorism? I mean, because we haven't really touched on that for listeners that may be unaware. 
Agorism is the idea that we are going to achieve more independence, more liberty, and have a more satisfying life by... Um, <laughs> you got some distractions by, there? Sorry. Yeah, I apologize. By sorry. trading outside of um, the state. Uh, you know, trading with our neighbors, spending money that's not uh, Federal Reserve notes. So basically any, like that. any transaction that isn't regulated by state uh, or local ordinances or laws, that sort of deal. No taxes, no uh, fees. No licenses. Right. No begging. Keep, keeping the government out of your business. But That's right. But it's also more than just that, because I'm looking here at, uh, you mentioned Dr. Mary Ruart, and of course I was immediately excited. She's one of my favorite uh, speakers and thinkers well, in the, the movement. Definitely. But she's uh, talking about rolling back government without winning elections. I'm very interested in hearing that. Also, uh, something... Yeah, it should be really great. A lot of people have been... Agorism has been, been uh, something that Americans have been doing for a long time a good example would be your yard sale mm-hmm. your uh garage sale or um, you know estate sales to a degree if, if it's outside the purview. people cut hair in, in their homes that's right limited so stand they don't even know they're they're engaging in this agorism but they are and they have been and it is a part of the the fabric of this culture George, you really, uh, I think, outdone yourself promoting this. It's been incredible uh, just watching you put all this together, and it's really come together in a, in a way that was impressive to me. And so when you imp- approached me and asked to, you know, me to sponsor it, I decided that Freekeen.com was a perfect sponsor for Definitely. the Peaceful Evolution channel. I mean, there's a yes. there's a channel with the tagline that Freekeen uses that's going to be the theme of one of the channels there. So I'm pretty excited about that. George, thanks for the opportunity, and I know you've got a lot to do to make sure everything's in line for this. Uh, so folks can tune in tomorrow morning starting at 9 a.m. at Agora, uh, excuse me, agora.io, A-G-O-R-A.io. Thanks, George. Thanks, guys. Liberty Maniacs is the largest online Liberty brand. Featured the most comprehensive selection of original posters, stickers, apparel, embroidered hats, and over 100 different products from around the world. From hilarious satire to hard-hitting artistic commentary, Liberty Maniacs is devoted to outfitting the Liberty movement with intelligent, eye-catching, and fashionable gear that expresses your personal dedication to Liberty. Best of all, Liberty Maniacs offers a no-hassle, money-back guarantee on all products. LibertyManiacs.com. Wear something worth saying. Todd and Mom. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. We invite you to our website at freetalklive.com where the features are free. We've got listening options there. Broadband version and dial-up version of the show. Streaming around the clock. 24-7 the latest episode of free talk live is available to you at listen.freetalklive.com and that's where you'll also learn about your other listening options including uh, 94 great radio stations from coast to coast our free to air satellite channel webcam listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance and listen that way go and get the details and get tuned in at listen.freetalklive.com want freedom build freedom Got programming skills? Join the Freedom Engineering team and help develop the technology that enables spontaneous order and free market capitalism to erupt on Earth. Mobile app developers and database experts want it immediately. Share in ownership, create stuff that matters. Go to freedomengineering.org. It's time to build freedom. Freedomengineering.org. Some of the things they're going to be doing over the weekend at the Agora.io conference, agora.io. Yes, I've never heard of that extension on the web either. 
It's very interesting. Yeah, neither have I. I don't, I don't know what country that represents. Dot io. It's likely some other you know little island nation or something like that. It could be. Uh, so anyway, agora.io is where you want to go to learn more about what's happening this weekend. Uh, just speeches and presentations all day long throughout the weekend and lots of uh, different topics. Again, three different tracks, uh, Agorism Channel, the Peaceful Evolution Channel, and the Creative Media Channel. So one of the things that, that I'll be discussing or the topic that I'll be discussing is going to be Community radio, or pirate radio, or micro radio, or free radio. Setting up your own radio station. Yeah, starting your own radio station without the FCC's uh, permission. So that's what I'll be focusing on. And then other uh, great folks that are certainly tied in with our show are going to be there. Uh, Stephanie, who hosts uh, Pork Therapy and also hosts the once-monthly She Talk Live on Sundays. She'll be giving a presentation. Uh, I believe Pete Ayer, our friend from uh, Liberty on Tour, is uh, going to be giving a presentation as well. And uh, Sovereign Curtis from the Porcupine Freedom Festival, he's going to be doing one. Uh, Mark Stevens, host of the No State Project, he's going to be there. I mean, so really, some of the great names that we're used to seeing all come together in the same hotel, they get to stay home. They get to not have to spend the, the money and the time and the effort to actually fly into the same place and get their information out just as uh, effectively. I really hope this I really hope this works out for, for this weekend. I, I think that, and even if it doesn't get huge numbers immediately, the word's going to spread because I think the real numbers are going to be later on. The word's going to spread about the different presentations afterwards. People are going to say, oh, yeah, this was really great, and this was really great. Right. And then people are going to start going later on, and they're going to be able to watch this anytime completely free over at agora.io. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Uh, I do think that uh, you know people will discuss amongst themselves which one, which ones of the speeches were the best, and uh, people will be going back and listening yeah, I think I, I definitely like the idea instead of sitting at my own computer of, of getting with other people and maybe in your area you can do that too, a friend, uh, family members, whatever. And uh, some of this stuff uh, is probably good for introducing people who just don't understand the the ideas of liberty and maybe you just don't have the uh, the means to, to express it in a way that they will connect with. And mm-hmm. I'm sure some of these speakers could certainly offer a persuasive argument uh, so introducing some new people, uh, even for just segments, would probably be a good idea. In other uh, other news, convention-related news, uh, rumor has it the Liberty Forum will return in 2012. I believe oh, that sure the organizer of the Liberty Forum in the past, Chris Lawless, will be taking that event back over. What happened was, as I understand it, he was unable to... I guess, come to an agreement or something. For whatever reason, they chose somebody else to organize it. That other person dropped the ball, apparently. And Well, it, it was a big ball, right? Like you, it's a big ball. You get no, handed no, a, not a, the big giant ball, and then, hey, take care of this. I can tell you, I've been we working on... We won't talk to you for a couple of months, and, yeah. then when, and when we finally do, well, you know... I can only imagine, Mark. I've never done anything like this before, and I've, I'm attempting to do something mm-hmm. here in Keene to put, put together like a hotel-based kind of convention, and I'm, I'm still stuck in the negotiating with the hotels process, so <laughs> I haven't really gotten much beyond the question of whether or not it will actually happen uh, this year or not at, uh, at this point. Um, so again, the, the original organizer is back on board, which is great news. And speaking of that gentleman, Chris Lawless, he's actually going to be on the Stossel show tonight. Oh, which is pretty exciting. Uh, now, Stossel, John Stossel, as you know, was the, I guess, the head anchor of 2020 for a number of years after Hugh Downs retired. And he's just kind of made his name for himself in mainstream media as being the libertarian guy. And 
doing some great presentations on the ideas of freedom. And finally, he was able to break out and Fox offered him you know, some sort of tasty incentive to leave ABC and leave that uh, position at 2020 to take over his own show on, albeit a less popular television channel, the Fox Business Network. But he, of course, we've got the Internet, so it's easy to spread these things. Certainly. But now he has much more creative control over what it is that uh, that he's putting out there, the product that he's doing. He's doing it on a weekly basis, whereas before with ABC, it was more like a, you know, once a month you might get a special, or once every few months you might get an hour-long special out of John Stossel. In this case, he gets to do, I think it's an hour-long show every single week. So he's been able to cover a number of different topics, and now, this week, he's coming to the Free State Project. Excellent. They're, they're going to spend, an, as I understand it, an entire show the Stossel show uh, on Fox Business Network talking about the Is he going to be project. actually in New Hampshire when he's doing this? I don't know what kind of footage they're using. They're, they're recording it in his studio in New York City. So Chris Lawless, I believe, drove down to New York City uh, to go and, and shoot this. Christina Heller is also going to be there. She's the director of the upcoming Libertopia film, which is a movie that actually follows three different Free State Project participants in their kind of their path to New Hampshire or what they've been doing in New Hampshire. So... A very very interesting uh, movie. Yeah, it's looking good. I mean, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, Have you seen the trailer? I've seen the trailer, okay. but, but it, you know, it's not out, so right. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, I know, as a matter of fact, they cover Andrew Carroll, who's one of the folks that, like, there's three different people in the movie. He's one of the three, and he moved here to Keene, so they're actually covering his story from when he started in California, uh, you know, what kind of... In- I guess got him into this movement and what his history was, and then track him as he as he makes the move and what he does once he gets here. So that's pretty exciting. So she's going to be on that show tonight with John Stossel, with Chris Lawless. That's airing tonight at, I believe, 10 o'clock Eastern. And, of course, later on via Torrent or <laughs> however else you get <laughs> right. get Fox Business product when you don't actually have cable or the uh, the Fox Business channel. Because it's, it's not on all cable networks from what I understand. I've got it. <laughs> And I don't know if they put it online. They may or may not. Uh, that's this one will be online. Well, of course it's. Go- I mean, it's going to be online. I mean, officially, I do they put the show online? Maybe Hulu or the Stossel Show's website actually has it up there. So, so be on the lookout for that uh, tonight. I'm. I think that's going to be great publicity uh, for the Free Definitely. State Project. I, I think Chris is uh, is a great guy. He's he's helping out with Pork Fest. and uh, he's a guy that gets things done. So. Yep, and a great you know great kickoff for. The, this weekend, which is the Agora IO conference, uh, lots of people speaking. The list of speakers is up. The schedule is up over at agora.io, A-G-O-R-A dot I-O. And I, you know, I hope it really works out. Like I said, I got behind the thing with, with sponsorship dollars. So I'm looking forward to hearing good things. Our number here tonight is 800-259-9231. The Girl Scouts under attack again by the police. We'll uh, explain what's happening. They're trying to sell their cookies Agora style without begging for permission from the government and they're going to teach the government's going to teach my lesson naughty naughty about that uh plus uh also on the way your calls about anything you want in the government attempting to take control over the app market the world of android iphone apps guess what government wants to be involved between you and the dealers more coming up it's free talk live the Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com lc9. 
This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you'd like, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. To get signed up, by the way, for our news updates, you can go to news.freetalklive.com. You'll be able to sign up for our emailed updates or follow our Twitter or Facebook. Once again, that's news.freetalklive.com. If you've ever considered taking your case to court without an attorney, jurisdictionary.com is the course for you. It's for people who have who don't have lawyers who have to know what it takes to win and for people who do have lawyers that want to minimize legal fees and maximize winning by knowing what the lawyer should be doing. It works for plaintiffs or defendants. It works in all 50 states and countries around the world, state and federal courts. It costs less than an hour with any good attorney, and it's so easy, the average eighth grader could go through the complete four-CD course in a single weekend. And if you're comparing this to the cost of an hour with any one good attorney, you're going to get so much more out of Jurisdictionary. It's Jurisdictionary.com. I've got the course. I've, uh, I review it on a pretty regular basis because I think it's important. Jurisdictionary.com. All right, so we're going to go right to your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. Justin in Maryland, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Justin. I'm on the air. You are. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I have to say that I would like to talk about getting off the grid. All right. And there are two examples of two kinds of people that right now in America are really off the grid, and the governments really have been trying to attack them for a while. Hmm. There's the Amish, and people don't know much about this, and the mole people. The mole people? Now, that sounds silly. I know it really does sound like something from a from like a science fiction movie. So who are right? the mole people? I'm certainly familiar with the Amish, and you're right; they are under attack by the government in various different ways, and they're an amazingly uh, dedicated people to their ideals. And g- the Amish are very, I think, inspiring in, in a number of ways because they they will not uh, jump through the government's hoops in in many instances. And I think it's pretty heroic what what they do. Yes, and there's also another group that seldom ever talked about. I know. By the name Mole People, you think it's some science fiction kind of mutation kind of film kind of thing. But these are real people that really exist. Mm-hmm. And these are people that have that live deep below underneath New York. And hmm. they New York City? New- yeah. Really? Deep underneath the city streets. I mean, they live in tunnels so deep that you couldn't even, it would be so dark you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. You know what I mean? Huh. They've basically are people that are fiercely independent and they just don't like the outside world and they're they're somewhat like the Amish, except they survive in a different way as hunt, as small game hunters and scavengers we're we talking about eating rats yes they do <laughs> wow well I, you know, I know look, it, people it's people, like out of demolition man wait, wait a second <laughs> people have ate, eaten squirrels um you know american history is full of people eating squirrels what's the difference between a squirrel and a rat? nothing man hey nothing. whatever they probably taste like chicken I don't but know but here's here's the similarity between these two people and the, and the mole people and the Amish. Now the local uh, state government of New York or the local city has been trying to uh, uh, like root out the mole people for years, but they haven't been able to do it because the mole people are very good at hiding, and people think these tunnels are are basically like small cramped spaces, but they're like uh, these tunnels when you go through them, they're they're like. Uh, like sport, like sports stadiums interconnected almost. Really? You know? Wow. Well, I did I, not know. I've seen some people go down into the, uh, the, the sewers and sometimes the sub sewers in New York City. I don't know how far, how deep these things go, but, uh, you know, you've got to be talking about some really old stuff down there. Yes. Yeah, so these tunnels go back a hundred years. 
and the mole people have been given the same kind of jazz the uh the that the Amish the only difference being is the mole people are basically uh harder to find than the Right, uh, I don't imagine the cops really want to go traipsing through the tunnels uh under New York City whereas picking on the Amish is real easy in comparison. Yes, actually those transit cops have disappeared after they've gone too down too deep. <laughs> really? I bet some really? of them have. Somebody got eight. <laughs> wow. That's a big game right there. <laughs> Wow, no. good stuff. Don't mess with the mole people. <laughs> no. Now, are you familiar with them through documentaries? I mean, has, has yes, there been there much... Yes, there's cre- a book called uh, By Jennifer Toff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, she uh, did a book on the mole people. And there's also, a, uh, yes, there is a documentary, um, In Search of the Mole People. These are real people. They're not like, you know, these crazy freaks that you see, but they are people that just decided to escape society by moving deep underground and living in small tribes. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate you bringing that up at 800-259-9231. According to Wikipedia's article on mole people, while it's generally accepted that some homeless people in large cities do indeed make use of accessible abandoned underground structures for shelter, urban legends persist that make stronger assertions. These include claims that mole people have formed small, ordered societies similar to tribes, numbering up to hundreds living underground year-round. It's also been suggested that they have developed their own cultural traits and have even have electricity by illegal hookup. The subject has attracted some attention from sociologists, but is a highly controversial subject due to a lack of evidence. General T- uh, Jennifer Toth's 1993 book, The Mole People, Life in the Tunnels Beneath New York City, written while she was an intern at the L.A. Times, is allegedly a true account of travels in the tunnels and interviews with tunnel dwellers. The book helped canonize the image of the mole people as an ordered society, living literally under people's feet, reminiscent of the Morlocks in science fiction uh, of science fiction writer H.G. Wells. The book, however, has been met with criticism primarily for the inaccuracy of geographical information compounded by uh, compounded by numerous factual errors and an apparent reference or rather reliance on largely unverifiable claims the strongest criticism came from joseph brennan a new york subway enthusiast who declared that quote every fact in this book that i can verify independently is wrong unquote so not a whole lot of real solid evidence. It's fun on this. though, and I, I, you know, you. The fact is that people do live uh, down in these tunnels. I mean, that much is true. They've, mm-hmm. I, I've, I've seen a documentary on it, as to the, the larger claims of them living in ordered societies, uh, you know, tribal like and all that stuff, eating rats. I, you know, I couldn't say, um, but. I, I think I find it very interesting. Well, anytime, anytime I think, you know, he's saying deep, deep down underneath New York City, I'm thinking, well, that's probably where all the water's going because the water has to go that's somewhere for, yeah. and the lowest point would probably be deep. Mm-hmm. So it just makes it unlikely that there'd be anyone living there. Seems pretty unlikely, and it, it sounds it sounds very Hollywood when uh, when he describes yes. it, right? It sounds like you know Demolition Man, people living in this underground world, uh, and you really would have to fit, find out find some way to acquire electricity because you're going to go through candles real fast. Being that there's no sunlight down there, uh, meaning that uh, you need to have something to provide you with light. Because what kind of living is there if you are in the dark all the time? And don't tell me that they've adjusted so much to the darkness that they can actually. They have big owl eyes. <laughs> yeah, it's I just so far fetched. I just don't 
I don't even <laughs> want to touch it. <laughs> well, and uh, and who really wants to go find out for sure, right? No, how, yeah. how many people really want to go and take a team down there and like turn it into some kind of a you know horror film yeah, where these hungry spelunking. homeless people are <laughs> if they if they live down there. They can live there in peace, because <laughs> yeah. I'm not going after them. <laughs> Send Dig Dug. Right, I don't really want to know that badly. I, I don't, I'm not really that curious yeah. to where I'm going to bring gonna people st- down I'm there. I'm going to take the stance the, the, that the, uh, what, what are they called? The mole people. Mole people. The mole people don't exist. Oh, wow. Because That's if, a pretty strong stance. Yeah, I, I figure, how can I, be, how can I lose? If I go talking about the mole people all the time, <laughs> they might send somebody up here to eat me. So I'm just going to go, no mole people. Wow. Sasquatch, on the other hand, is real. <laughs> There's probably more evidence for Sasquatch than there is uh, for the mole people. Your thoughts it, are welcome. It, to me, the, it seems pretty clear that uh, North America needs a primate, and you know why not? Why not a big seven foot one? You can dial in toll free at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. I mean, I still I'm curious enough to where I would watch a documentary if somebody oh, yeah, actually yeah. <laughs> wanted to go and make a documentary. Well, yeah, but at what point do you do you say, well, this is clearly not a documentary. This is just some fan fiction sort of film. Yeah, how do you how do you, how do you how do you authenticate it? it? Right. Good question. If it were National Geographic, then really the then name the name does it for you. Oh, I you know, there's there's something to be said for reputation, sure. right? And uh, indeed, there. Is. All right. So, or BB, the BBC, perhaps one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up anything, and if you've actually lived as a mole person, oh, we'd love to hear from you tonight. Please, <laughs> you can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com, if you like the show. And you want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us. Start your shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through one of the links that you find there. There's different Amazon links for different countries. You enter through the appropriate Amazon link, and then whatever it is you buy, Free Talk Live gets a portion of the sale. So start your shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. As we continue here, Mark, tell me about LifeLock. Imagine opening your front door and coming face-to-face with your identity thief. The criminal who wasn't content just to steal from your bank accounts and use your credit cards. This guy knows where you live and he's taking out your family and watching your house. That's what Fox News reported on about one woman. Fortunately, she had advanced warning from LifeLock. She said without LifeLock, she wouldn't have known that the thieves were coming and added LifeLock services are legit. They do what they say they'll do and it's worth it. I don't want you to suffer from the personal financial firestorm that identity theft brings. Protect yourself and your family with the same identity theft protection that I use. LifeLock. LifeLock is the best, and it's guaranteed, Ian. You've got it, too. Yes, sir. So join me in my mission that not one of you will fall victim to identity theft this year. You can call now because I was able to get you a 60-day bonus of LifeLock protection 
All you have to do is call this telephone number. It's a special telephone number for Free Talk Live, and uh, they'll know that you came from us, and you'll get the 60-day bonus. It's 800-242-2693. 800-242-2693. One more time, 800-242-2693. LifeLock. Coming up, the government trying to strong-arm its way into the app market uh, for phones like the iPhone and Android. Uh, we'll tell you about that here in a little bit. Of course, the Girl Scouts continue to be under attack. I say, of course, it seems like it's inevitable now. It's happened once. Now it's going to happen again and again. Uh, it's happened again. We'll explain where and what's going on. And, Mark, actually, you had a sexting story from last night that we didn't get to, so we'll uh, touch on that. But your calls first. Tom is in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with the NJJ and Mark. First, let me mention that, uh, oh, many years ago, the National Geographic did an article in their monthly magazine about underneath New York City, and they documented one guy that was living down there. Uh, now, the, here's a question. Well, one guy what? is a far cry from a whole society <laughs> of people. Well, yes. well they, they, they didn't document a society or anything, but they did document. They, I mean, they're going around. They've got a limited space. But anyway, here's the, the question for you. Question. Should the New Hampshire legislature give 18-year-olds the right to drink beer? Um, well, the legislatures don't give rights. Uh, you That's have rights right. as Always a human so being. The answer is no. Uh, well, hey. They can't. <laughs> they should they stop can't. arresting they them. They should stop restricting the rights of people between. It, it's, it's so complicated to say the truth because, you know, you're talking to people who are so full of lies and they forgot how to say the truth. And it's Maybe they never knew in the first place. It's difficult to speak like a, a like somebody who actually supports liberty. Should the, they can't give people that right? They already have that right. Right. They can just stop putting them in cages and stop kidnapping them and assaulting them as a result of them deciding to drink. And, and you know, when uh, Confederate soldiers were taken prisoner during the war between the states. They knew they couldn't offer the excuse that they were compelled by law to join the Confederate Army because the Confederate laws were not considered laws at all. They said that they were threatened with violence by the rebels. They would be thrown in prison by the rebels if they didn't. And so, you know, when a government, when it's the Confederate government and they enforce their laws, that's violence. Okay, that's what they were calling it. They they had to say they were threatened with violence if they didn't join the Confederate Army. And but when the North has too. a draft, that's not violence, right? Uh, that's civic duty. Oh no, that, that's the law. See, those are laws that the, the that bureaucracy was recognizing. That's what I don't like about annulments and the war between the states. Is how can a question? depend on something that happens later. How can the question of whether South Carolina was part of the Union in 1862 depend on the outcome of battles that haven't been fought yet? How can the question of whether Mary and John are legally married the day after the ceremony depend on what decision they make a few days later, whether to get an annulment? The the annulment says that they never were married. Well, how can they have never been married? How can the question of whether they were legally married or not depend on a decision that they haven't made yet? Well, you're you're dealing with a fiction. That's why you're dealing with this religion, and and uh, the religion of the North back then was different than the religion of the South. And one one religion called the other one fake or false, and said that those who believe it are heretics. So that you just break it down in the simplest form, and it's it's just treat it like a religion. Treat it like my belief system. It's like the religion, like these spirits called sovereignty. Yep. Like the, there's this document, this magic document. You embellish it with a fancy-looking seal, and some bureaucrats scribble their autographs on it. Catholics believe that when the priest uh, 
consecrates the bread and wine, these miraculously become the body and body blood of Jesus, of Jesus right. Christ. And that's called transubstantiation. The other process is known as legislation. <laughs> uh, thanks for the call, Tom. I appreciate <laughs> it. He can rhyme him. He does that, that, that well. You know, the, really, the only difference between somebody who believes in liberty, freedom, and personal responsibility, and a statist, is a statist believes in one government. They don't really believe in all of them. Most, If you talk to most state, your average statist out there, they're going to say, oh, those people, that guy in Libya, he's a dictator. Oh, that, uh, those, those folks in China, they're communists. Oh, those people in France, well, they're cowards. Um, right. Ignore you, the fact that, uh, as was pointed out on anti-war radio uh, yesterday, ignore the fact that the presidents of the United States that have been in office over the last uh, you know, as many decades as the uh, – Gaddafi has have been has been guilty of killing far more people than he has far more. Well, you know, I'm not going to say that it's uh, I, I'm not, none of it's OK. No, of course none not. Of it's OK. Of course not. 1-800-259-9231. That and is the SACL CAI toll free line. I would like to point out that, um, you know, the, it's interesting. Gaddafi sends what I would call terrorists out to uh, blow up uh, the Lockerbie uh, flight there. Pan Am flight, whatever it is, I can't. I can't remember the the number. I'm sure it's important to someone, but I don't remember it. Um, but if the United States uh, government sends the, the president sends out troops to uh, place X and collateral damage occurs, and that is uh, well, that's that that's a nice way to say manslaughter mm, because right. that's what it is. If collateral damage occurs as the result of the military being sent out by the president, the president isn't guilty of it. The military is not guilty of it. It's if, just a few broken eggs, Mark. You if, have to break a few eggs to make an omelet. If Gaddafi sends out terrorists to uh, blow up an airplane, then he's guilty of terrorism. They're guilty of terrorism. Everybody's committed terrorism. Right. It's only broken eggs when the American government does it. When Gaddafi does it, it's completely unnecessary. And right. It, terrorism. Exactly. The whole idea of my viewpoint is based on my ideology, which is based on my religion or government, and my tribe is better than your tribe, sort of, it's disgusting. Right, which is based on, I was pushed out of my mom's womb on this plot of land. Yeah, exactly. It makes as much sense as me liking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I do like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> when I watch the Tampa Bay... At least you can admit that it doesn't make any it, sense. Well, it doesn't particularly make any sense. I couldn't name one guy who's on the team any longer. I remember I was very excited at one point about the, them going to the Super Bowl, and I was uh, so upset when they somebody missed a kick or something like that at the end of the game, and I think it was 2000, 2001. And uh, then a couple of years later, they were vindicated and they went. Mm-hmm. And and I was very excited, but I don't know anybody on that team. I have no reason to like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers other than they're close to the place that I was born, and I like the new colors. You know, I mean, like it's about the colors for me. So, you know, I mean, I can say whatever did, I want. Did you not the- like them when they had the orange and white? Oh, no, I like that, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it was about where they were then. Right. The, the, uh, you know, the, the new pewter and red, those colors don't run. Oh, Okay. okay. Don't. You see what I'm saying? I'm just making kind of patriotic... Yeah, nationalistic pewter? slogans. It? It's, that's the term. That's pewter. not a nationalistic color, though. Well, see, this is why... No, I but it is in his area, in his tribe, that's that's the color. I see. see it's know. silly to say pewter the, and red don't run, right? There's the onion of, of, of nationalism, which is, you know, the outer layer is your, your country, and then the inner layer is your, like, state, and then right. inside that is your city... And it all goes down to your like family. But the orange and white and did you. run. Is what is that what you're saying? Apparently they did. Um, no, what I'm referring to is the American flag. With right. These colors don't I've run. I've seen it. The bumper across, sticker uh, uh, right. written across it. Which I don't know exactly what that means, but I guess it's the land of the free, home of the brave kind of stuff. Right. That. Right. It's it's a reference to you mess with us, we're going to take you out. 
these colors don't run. Yeah. I guess. That's that's what that is, from what I understand. Uh, so you can, of course, bring up whatever's on your mind. Still to come here, the Girl Scouts uh, under attack. The government looking to control the app market. On this program, we've talked uh, about how it is that government regulations make it more difficult for people to do business in general. Now, they do actually prevent uh, competition from coming into a marketplace where there are existing businesses. So existing businesses that are established tend to like government regulations because of that. But the more government regulation there is, the worse things get for the business climate in whatever the industry is. And we're certainly seeing that with the airline business where uh, the government continues to crack down on security, increasing security costs and regulations, resulting in fewer air travelers, resulting in more airline uh, companies, I guess, merging because it's just getting too difficult. Yeah, and they just can't stay in business, right. So uh, we're starting to see just homogenization among the the companies and fewer choices in the marketplace. And what will happen when the government gets involved in computer software? It's a pretty scary idea, right? We'll tell you what they're planning or what they're wanting to do here in a little bit. Also, take your calls about anything at 800-259-9231, hour two. You've heard the saying, one good thing leads to another? It's true, especially when you're talking about CentOS. Choosing CentOS for your company's rental uniform leads you to the finest service, quality, and innovation. And now it leads you to popular Carhartt branded apparel. That's right. CentOS, the leading provider of rental uniform programs, and Carhartt, the premier brand of retail workwear, have partnered to bring you a new and exclusive offering. It's the Carhartt Rental Workwear Program, only from CentOS. You'll enjoy CentOS's weekly pickup and delivery, professional cleaning and repairs. You'll look good and feel good wearing comfortable Carhartt branded apparel. You'll wear Carhartt to work and CentOS will do your laundry. The Carhartt Rental Workwear Program is exclusive to CentOS. It's easy to get started. Have your company go to CentOS.com for all the details. That's C-I-N-T-A-S dot com. CentOS, the uniform people. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want as we launch into the second hour of the program. 1-800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And we give you the features there completely free. So enjoy those on us. Uh, And by the way, the main feature of the site allows you to control the content. So you see something online you want to share with us and our listeners, you just submit it to the website as show prep, as we call it. And then other listeners get to vote. And you get to vote on things as well. You vote up or down on each item depending on how you, uh, whether you like or dislike it. And the most liked make it to the front page and the top of the website. In fact, a lot of the uh, the news I've got here tonight comes right off the front page of freetalklive.com, including the story about the government looking to uh, control the app marketplace. We'll get to that. Uh, we're also going to talk about the sexting situation and hopefully the Girl Scouts as well. But first, Frank is in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Frank. Frank in New York. Ah, good evening, hey, gentlemen. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, I'm just sort of appalled by, you know, this uh, new war against Libya, mm. expanding our armed conflicts in the Middle East to four countries now. We have When you say uh, our, you mean the federal government? Yes, okay. the United States. I guess we we I forget how many hundreds of millions of dollars worth of cruise missiles we've uh 
you know, uh, used up in the last, what, five or six days. Well, I don't uh, have any cruise missiles. You mean the U.S. military? <laughs> the military, correct. Gotcha. Uh, what's very interesting about the situation is that now we have uh, an endless conflict with no end in sight in Afghanistan, Iraq. Uh, we're destabilizing Pakistan. We've had a de facto war in Pakistan uh, since February of 2009 with the CIA using drones and mercenaries and covert operations. But it never ends, does it, Frank? It I mean, never they just ends. Keep doing now, it. Libya, who was a good ally to the United States and Israel, he supplied oil to Israel very inexpensively through a company in Italy. And then you had Mark Rich and a number of people connected with Likud. Well, party. just goes to show, I mean, as, Saddam, as Saddam Hussein learned. Percent. I'm yeah, sorry, go ahead. It, it just goes to show, as Saddam Hussein learned, that it's only a matter of time before the criminal gang known as the federal government will turn against you. Correct. And my message for any government considering diplomatic relations or allies with the United States, alliances with the United States, would be with an ally like the United States. You really don't need any enemies in the long run. Well said, Frank. Thanks for the call tonight. Thanks. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. You know, I think that that's painting the wrong picture. I mean, when you start looking at things like Estonia, Latvia, um, and many of these other countries from the former Soviet Union that have turned into a more free market um you know, angle. Admittedly, the United States will certainly quickly use uh, violence and force to get what it wants. But these countries that have taken a more free market um, angle, you don't hear much about them, and they're being left alone. They're they're able. Well, they to- don't have oil. Well, there aren't very was- many good examples of countries with oil that have a free market um, economy because the fact is, if you can get in control of the country, you're in control of the oil. Mm-hmm. The Gaddafis and, uh, you know, the uh, – uh, what's the guy from uh, Egypt? I can't believe can – how quick Mubarak. is – how yeah, quick is the news cycle when you can forget the, a guy that was on your lips two Politicians, weeks ago? Yeah. Politicians. I mean, they're all the same. Look, Mark, I see where you're coming from, but it, again, I was listening to anti-war radio uh, last night, and they pointed out, I think rightfully, that there are all kinds of countries out there, in Africa, for instance, where there are just horrible things being oh, done yes. to the population. Sure. You know, New North Korea as well. I mean, all kinds of places, but these places don't have the oil reserves, yeah. and that's what the U.S. government is interested in. Admittedly, that much is true, that the oil reserves, if you're sitting on a bunch of the United States oil and your, your foreign country happens to be sitting on a bunch of the United States oil, then they're certainly willing to fight a war in order to bring peace to your nation. By that, they mean a new puppet government for you um, that to replace the old puppet government. Well, he had mentioned the uh, the cruise missiles, uh, 119 Tomahawk missiles into uh, into Libya. Each missile costs about five hundred seventy five hundred thousand. <laughs> So wow. the total yeah. cost of that that missile foray is roughly a little more than sixty eight million dollars. Not to so, mention the deaths. I'd, I'd also yes. like I'd like to point this out that when that missile goes kablooey, the United States citizens don't get anything out of that. So the idea that wars make us money, we should be really wealthy at this point because, like Frank said, we're fighting four of them, That's right. at least three. I don't know how you're gonna uh, you know you're gonna count them. Instead, you get rising prices. And the reason is, if you think that setting a six hundred thousand dollar missile. Uh, blowing it up is somehow good for the economy. I want you to go outside and set fire to your house because mm-hmm. that must be good for your right. bank account. Exactly. I mean, if that if, if uh, the broken uh, window uh, fallacy. That's exactly what it. It's stupid. It is way dumb. The idea that um, you know if okay, I, I'll make it even simpler for people. There's two guys in a nation. Each of them produces half the things that the nation um, has. 
So what is going to be better off if a guy blows up his car and then goes to the uh, the other guy and has him make him a new car and then pays the money for that? Or that guy that was going to make the car otherwise uses his time and energy and that uh, $20,000 worth of labor to produce something new for the next guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, at which point is the person more wealthy? The guy with uh, the the guy with a blown up car and a replaced car, yeah. or the guy with a, a you know a fine car and then the other goods that the guy would have produced. I mean, it's clear and obvious. Yep. The idea that wars make a nation wealthy, the idea is that uh, that that the war uh, drew us out of the depression is patently stupid and it's ab- backwards. It, it, absolutely well, provable. It, definitely, that disposable sort of mentality is where the the money trail ends it's it's the whole war profiteering thing mm-hmm. where the money trail begins obviously in the pockets of the taxpayers and then ends up in the pockets of the, those wealthy few individuals who have these wonderful contracts from the government. Yep, the you wonder machine. where these ideas come from, because I used to believe that. Any, everybody else here used to believe, believe that, that, war, um, that war brought wealth and prosperity to the nation mm-hmm. and that the World War II brought us out of the Depression? Well, that's what public schools said, but I didn't. I, I I believed it. I, I you know what else was there to believe? I was told that. Mm. But you you wonder who came up with that idea? Was it the government, the government school that's teaching yeah. you? You know, I don't know. I mean, is that a conspiracy theory? Well, I mean, how far do you want to go to say whether something is a conspiracy theory? Obviously, the government education system is to some extent a very planned system, wherein uh, the people that put it together used they chose a system for a very specific reason. They wanted to make people more docile. Now, that doesn't mean that the teachers at the end of the line know that. Many of them probably have no idea uh, what the origins of their system is. They're just cogs in that machine that was created so many years ago. And so, yeah, they chose, and it's John Taylor Gatto that talks about this a lot. He was the New York State Teacher of the Year. Um, Older gentleman, I think he's in his 80s today, but he's written some great books on this government education system or or government indoctrination uh, system, which was chosen. The Prussian school system was chosen with its very rigid, you know, the bells that ring. And the you know the you've you've got to uh, if the lights turn out you've got to be quiet kind of these authoritarian structures uh, this top down model of uh, of educating put everybody in this the same age in the same class all of these things you know they were they were all created for a reason and it was created to dumb down people so they would be more easily controlled uh, they would be plugged into the system without. Being as likely to question well, their circumstances. Yeah, I don't think they're dumbed down as much as they're, you know. Oh, yeah, they there's, are. There's plenty of people out there that are very well, smart that have gone through the public school system, but they're, I think they're, they're certainly docilized. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're domesticated. And if you think about, you know, this nation, its history, the uh, revolutionary history of this nation and so many other places around the world, you know, people aren't as docile as they are in the United States. And I one think has to wonder why. Just talking about the teachers, to focus on that as part of the, the public school system. A lot of the teachers have their heart in the right place. Their, sure. their whole idea of I want to help kids, I want to work with kids and, and help them grow and become better human beings. But then they work for this system where they say, well, you can help these kids, but you have to help them our way. You have to help them by our guidelines and our mandates and our educational um, pedigree, whatever their their system right. is. And that's when their whole philosophy of helping people just gets thrown out the window because you're not helping people by by creating a one-size-fits-all education system. That's right. that's not how people are. People and you're just jumping through hoops so you can get a paycheck right? and tell yourself you're doing something yeah. for kids. And then, and then also the, the teachers are made to be out to be heroes because heroes of our society, like teachers and police officers mm-hmm. and firefighters, 
And I'm sorry, I just can't believe that. If they were doing something heroic, then they'd be doing it on a voluntary basis. And hopefully someday we'll see that future. 800-259-9231, because I think all those things are necessary in society. It's just that I don't think that they should be forced on you. That's right. Uh, You should be able to choose. More coming up. 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that's on your mind. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. You can enjoy the various features of our website, including archives. If you've missed a moment, they're right there on the top of the website. Click and download as many as you want. They're completely free. Thanks to HostGator. Yeah, thank you to HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting and they make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You can create your very own website with their easy-to-use site builder tools and templates. They've got more than 4,500 templates. Whether you want a personal blog or complete e-commerce business website, the experts at HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com can host you. Use that portal that we've created, HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. You'll get the 99.9% uptime guarantee, the 45-day money-back guarantee, 24-7 technical support. And you'll get your first month completely free. That's if you use the portal that we've created, HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. That's the only way you're going to get that first month free, HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. So we continue here. Of course, we'll take your calls about anything, but sexting is an issue that is becoming more prevalent as time goes on, as, of course, we are in the 21st century now. Digital cameras became very popular around the turn of the uh, the century and just progressively got cheaper as technology tends to do cheaper and cheaper and and better and better and now they're embedded in everything that's technological your cell phone likely has a camera it likely can do video as well um even like the cheapest of the cheap freebie cell phones that you you might get with any low-end cell phone plan likely have cameras and etc so they're everywhere i mean the laptop that i bought has a camera built into it i'll be using my laptop camera to do my presentation on agora.io this weekend just makes it's easy it's right there it's integrated you don't have to install anything external uh so cameras are becoming ubiquitous and that also means that cameras are in places where they didn't used to be and that means the hands of teenage girls yes and uh and also and they're taking more than pictures of their hands yes teenagers of course have um, frequently in the past been interested in photography however now they don't have to go through a photo lab to have those pictures developed which kind of opens up a whole new world of uh, photographic creativity shall we say you know when i was in high school another friend of mine in high school showed me pictures of his girlfriend uh who was under the age of 18, naked. Oh, my. How did he get those? Does he have his own development po- lab? It was Polaroid. Oh, okay. It was Polaroid. Right. And, uh, you know, people did that. That was the first step, right? Right, right. right. Polaroids were the, were the step. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> I, you know, I, I was duly impressed. Yeah. You know, hey, that's pretty awesome. How could she be so silly as to take pictures like this for you? <laughs> and, and sure enough, uh, uh, you know, young he love. showed him around. And, and this is the uh, this was the 1980s version of uh, Same thing uh, happens sexting. today. Yeah. You know, this is... 
I didn't I didn't think about it. He didn't think about it. This is a felony. That's child porn because she had no idea. Right. Who would have ever considered that? But it happened. So uh, so what we've seen happening recently is that because this is becoming more prolific, because, as you said, people were sharing Polaroids back in the day. Now they're just they're just texting one another, forwarding a picture. So somebody gets a picture of some teenage girl at school and uh, they want everybody, all the, all the other guys and girls in school to see this. Uh, so they forward it around to their friends. They forward it to their friends. Before you know it, it gets to one of the teachers or one of the administrators and the police are called. And then the police come and they find out, you know, who is responsible for taking this picture. And of course, kids don't know their rights. They don't know to stay quiet when the police are asking them questions. This is another one of the perks of government schools is they get to indoctrinate kids that, you know, you should talk to the police whenever they ask you questions. I can't imagine what would have happened if, uh, you know, some cop would have come up and asked me about seeing a Polaroid um, from my my friend of of his girlfriend. You probably would have blabbed. I'm sure I would have. uh, Yeah, 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 I saw it. I mean, you know, what would I have admitted to there? So they're catching kids for doing this and they're charging them in some cases with things like child pornography, producing child pornography, even if in many cases it actually was the individual himself or herself who took the photo of themselves that is apparently victimizing oneself in a child porno- pornographic manner. It's so it's so bizarre to think that that's actually how things are. Yeah, it it, it doesn't make any sense, and that's that's what government is good at is is taking something so, I guess, uh, harmless or innocent and making it a bad thing. And well, taking something that, and also another thing they'll do is they'll write up a law with a certain intention, the intention of stopping children from being forced into doing pornographic things on camera. I mean, who would be in favor of uh, having those things happen? So it makes sense the reason why sure. this was put out there. But then what ends up happening is this government's rule, which is designed for X, ends up being enforced on Y and Z and A and B and C and all kinds of other different ways that were never originally intended. So now, uh, what is happening here? Are the parents getting charged with some fine that they have to pay? Is that how this is? No, being it's usually care? the kids that are going after. Yeah, they're, they're going after kids all I over. I mean, they're the putting nation. them in jail. Yes. Oh. They're charging okay. charging them with child porn. Right. Uh, charging each, each both of them. I mean, it's crazy. It's not like there's a victim. The victim are each other or yeah. whatever. I don't even know how to describe it. So there's been a, a, something happened, something changed in New there Jersey? There's a law in uh, New Jersey. Let me read the article from Salon.com here. Mm-hmm. This is written by Tracy Clark Flory. I recently performed an archaeological dig on my childhood closet, which has been perfectly preserved in the state that it was when I flew the nest amid all the empty mm. bottles of Smirnoff ice and <laughs> aimlessly – she must be young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We didn't have that. Aimlessly doodled binders. I found a stockpile of what might be referred to in court as child pornography. Mm-mm. But it was self-made with my high school boyfriend. The first thought that I had when I saw the images – black and white printouts from a webcam was how sweet the shots were despite being mildly explicit here were two teenagers safely and lovingly exploring their bodies and sexualities and because the images were kept strictly for our eyes only they maintained that innocence that's why i'm encouraged by the news that late yesterday new jersey approved 
a bill that would allow teenagers caught sexting, and this is what it's this is called texting with uh, dirty texting amongst uh, teenagers. I suppose adults can do sexting, but who cares when adults do sexting? <laughs> right, they're over that arbitrary number. Yeah, right. It's much more exciting when teenage girls are talking about it. Then it's all every reason in the world to get excited about it to raise the. My God, somebody sound the trumpets! There's been an underage boob show. Teenage girls would never be sexualized. No, <laughs> Dear never. God, who would do that? Uh, heavens, it's important to sexualize them with their tops on, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> to avoid being prosecuted as child pornographers, the bill is based on the wacky notion that teens shouldn't be labeled as sex offenders for the rest of their lives for yeah. taking dirty self-portraits or uh, possessing X-rated photos of their sweetheart, who, mm. in many cases, they are legally allowed to have sex with. Yep. Although that's uh, not what the case was for me. The age of consent in California was 18. Whoops. Hmm. That's uh, Tracy speaking. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what the age of consent was in the 80s in, in Florida, and I don't care to share when I had sex first. This measure is a great step forward to a, a saner adult attitude toward teen sexuality. Other states should look at this as a blueprint, but there's no, don't look at anything else uh, in New Jersey as a blueprint. But, right. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's also room for improvement. The bill gives teens the option of paying for an educational program as a way to avoid a damaging criminal record. Assemblyman John Bramnick told NBC that the measure sends a clear signal to the judiciary that when young people make a mistake, this legislator is saying, give them a chance, give them an option other than a criminal past. Let them bribe their way out of it. Right. He's, well, you know. That's what it is. This is, uh, one can say whatever one wants, but the fact is that a what would have otherwise been a sex charge that would have followed them for the rest of their lives has now been changed into a class that it's they can take It's a step in the right weekend. direction, but it's, it's, a, it's a leap in the right direction. Yeah. We'll come back with that. more. We can talk in detail in a moment. 800-259-9231. Your thoughts are welcome as well. It's Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 90 talk radio stations from coast to coast. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our 90 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com, and those features include the Shrine of Female Listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo, and or video proving that they are indeed listeners of this program, you can go to shrine.freetalklive.com to do that. And I believe that over the over time, we probably have had at least a handful of teenage girls send their pictures in uh, for the Shrine. There is no age limit uh, on that. They have not sexted any uh, pictures uh, to the Shrine, so uh, you won't be up. arrested for viewing the Shrine. But uh, there are some real – there's a real situation right now, as we've been discussing – with this whole sexting thing. I mean, it's such a big phenomenon that there's a name for it, right? I mean, sexting, it's right. that popular that people are doing this, teenagers are doing this on a fairly regular basis, and why shouldn't they? It's easy for they, them to do it. They have easy access to camera phones. They have easy access to uh, texting. They're going to send these things to 
you know, people and it, I the the best advice I've got for teenagers, uh, especially teenage girls. And I'm only talking about I'm only saying this because this is how the world is, mm. not because I think that it's fair that the world treats one sex differently than the other. I'm just saying that it does. <laughs> don't take pictures in the nude. Just don't do it. Yeah, I think that's a safe Safe bet. If you put any Thank picture, you to everyone who does take pictures yes, in the nude. I, 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 look, like to I say can't thank say you. that I don't like I, to look at the look, pictures. <laughs> I, I'm the same boat as Mark there. I look. I like looking as much as any other guy that has such a, you know, interest. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, any anything you put on the internet can and and often will end up in places you don't intend it to be. Especially it's not once even you putting break it up. on the internet. Once you take that picture, and I don't care if it's an old school Polaroid, that then that young guy mm. who has the telephone can take a picture of that to send it with his to his friend. Don't take naked pictures because if you do, they're going. Guys like to look at these things. They're going to share them, especially when you break up. You We're talking about high school, right? I mean, what does the Definitely. average high school relationship last? Three weeks. Two weeks, something like that. Some of those breakups are because the guy, you know, passed that picture on. Sometimes, or maybe after the fact, it's, in it, vindictive ways, each person would pass on their pictures that they have. A lot of guys of are very uh, acquisitive uh, regarding sex, meaning that they want to show their uh, their prowess in in uh, having sex with the opposite sex or whomever, and they they can use that picture as a way to talk to other guys about, ha ha, I got that. <laughs> That's me. I did that. Right, right. And, you know, it's... Whoopie-doo. Well, I'm telling you that it's, it is it is a very normal thing to do. So, so uh, Mark, do not give them the option. Did they say how much this class costs? Uh, they didn't. I'm sure that they'll be Probably some... a few hundred bucks. I'll tell you what. I'd pay that 200 bucks in a second. Um, to we avoid were, being... What we're, we're, we're talking about here is a class that New Jersey has offered instead of a, a, a sex crime, which is what most states offer, mm-hmm. a, uh, a young person caught sexting. Um, New Jersey is now offering a class. Likely that class will not be free. Now, is this only going to be for the, the individual who took the photo and or was uh, taken in the photo? I don't know. Who had the photo taken of them? I suspect... Because what about what if? Okay, so here's a question. There was it wasn't too long ago that here in Keene, New Hampshire, we had uh, a a few young ladies downtown who actually were all New Hampshire natives, I believe, take their tops off in Central Square was called Topless Tuesday. And it never really got beyond like one week. It was one young lady. The next week it was three young ladies. The next week it was one young lady. And then it died off after that. So it never really caught on in any big, big manner. But uh, my point here is that there were people there who had cameras, video and still cameras. Photos were taken. I think one was posted up at freekeen.com, as a matter of fact. And there are allegations that at least one of these young ladies was under the age of 18. That's what people have said. Yeah. So I I didn't go look for the pictures simply for this reason. But my question is, in, in New Jersey, if... I, as someone who is not involved in these uh, pho- photographing, I did not take the photo. I was not, uh, the, you know, the victim of the photographing. If I am sent these photos, these sexting, teen sexting photos, and I am caught with a teen sexting photo, will I get the option for the class? I don't know. I couldn't tell you what uh, how it's going to go, but uh, because could, at what point is it? How uh, for you can be certain that these laws aren't perfect, Ian? But they're moving no. from highly imperfect to less imperfect. It's nice to see this happening, Mark. I'm not I'm not besmirching what they're doing. Well, here. or this, you could look at it another way, Mark. You could say that if you have money, you can get out of this. If you are poor and you don't yeah. have money, guess what? You're screwed. 
I think that the you know if they give you the if they sentence you to the class and you tell the judge, look, I can't afford it, then there may very well be another option. Yeah, they'll they'll take payments or something like that. that money. How poor yep. is poor? It's I mean, all about the money, no doubt about it. Uh, I mean, JJ, your critique is right on, but Mark, you, I mean, I, I agree with you in that this is the right enough, direction. If you're poor you don't have the cell phone in the first place. You know, that's not look, true. Everyone I, has cell I phones. I am totally in support of people not going into cages. Believe yeah. me, especially for victimless crimes such as this or having that holding over their head for their whole life as a Definitely. sex offender that's horrible so Definitely. it's no doubt this is a step in the right direction and would like to see this happening in other places but i have to wonder about all of the ancillary people what about all of the people who are receiving these sexting photos they are they're still at risk of, of being caught for child pornography right but also what if you receive a photo from someone and you have no idea i mean it's one thing to be the boyfriend or girlfriend of someone then you may have an idea unless you've been lied to the whole time about the person's age which is certainly a possibility but if you're the boyfriend of, or girlfriend of somebody you're more likely to know how old that person is and you would be at least have the knowledge of how old the person the photos are that you took but if you're just the recipient of these photos you have no clue right it's and it's it's absolutely happened that people have been charged for the possession of uh you know digital pictures of somebody under the age of 18 for child porn that they didn't have any idea that that person was under the age and they're they're just charged with it and when you're charged these days they pile the charges up Mm -hmm. To the point that you basically have to plead out right. because you because you're facing a hundred years or something like that. So if you're if the cops decide for whatever reason they go through your computer, say at a border checkpoint because they do that there, yep, and, and they find some uh, naughty pictures on there and they decide, oh, that girl looks like she's under. That girl looks like she's under. At that point, because we said so, until you go to court. You you can't you know it can't be proven that what they say is false so or even you know they have to prove that what they say is true that's what it has supposed to be in court I I tend to think that it's the latter the the former not the latter but uh, you know most people plead out ninety nine percent of cases in in America are pled out and I can totally understand why what was the number we looked at uh, JJ it was uh, seventy uh, it's was like it, seventy six it was a seventy six like or sixty seven it, it was. Somewhere between two thirds and three quarters of people of of ju- felony right. jury cases are found guilty. Yes. So I mean, it's just it's crazy. Well, this article about the same sexting bill uh, has this survey. It says that twenty percent of teens in one survey acknowledge sharing a sexually explicit photo. In another sampling, forty four percent of high school boys said they had received a nude or semi nude photo of someone else while in school. That's that's nearly half it's of huge. the kids. That's huge. One out of five females. Was that what it was? So I yes. pulled up the picture well, of, of teens. I pulled up the picture that I was referring to. Now, the, the photo that we, we posted over at freekeen.com of this Topless Tuesday event has blacked out parts, has blacked out nipples. And so that still brings me to another question. If there's evidence that there were people who were in the vicinity of someone who is under the age of 18 who was topless, are those people guilty of viewing child pornography? Even though they weren't actually seeing pictures, they were there seeing it live in real life. Yeah, I believe. Are they guilty? Isn't pornography something that's recorded or otherwise? I think you're right about a medium. 
rather than just in person. But isn't that the same crime, though, right? I no, mean, you're looking at a it, picture it versus there be. in real life. I, well, they have kids at uh, nudist colonies. That's sure. true. Good point. Sure. So, I mean, you know, really, child, this is the crazy, crazy part about these stupid, stupid, messed up child porn laws is it's legal in New Hampshire to have sex, uh, to be, to have sex with a 16-year-old. It's not legal to take the picture. It's legal to see that same, uh, you know, teenager at a, a nudist camp. Well, but if you take a picture of it, then it's child porn. It's well, crazy. is it, though? I mean, that's, that's a good question. I mean, the, the, nudist colonies have done things where they have pageants and those sorts of things yep. where photos are taken of children. And for a long time, there have been books that have been sold in big uh, book companies like Barnes & Noble, artistic photos of nude children. And there have always been very a lot of controversy about that. Are, is that child pornography, too? Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there totally free. So enjoy those. And if you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as $3 a month. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is we ask you for 3 bucks a month. That's all. We take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So head on over to amp.freetalklive.com and looking forward to announcing a couple of new affiliates. And one of them well, it's not really a radio station. We'll explain uh, that here, I guess, as time goes on. If all goes well, I haven't really nailed that that agreement down. It's it's partially like halfway to being done. We're almost there. And looking forward to bringing you good news over time. Thanks to the Free Talk Live AMP program. It's listeners like you that have joined the AMP program that make all of this possible. And you can do it and get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only forum, and podcast and more. Go get the details and get signed up at amp.freetalklive.com. In Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation investment or a barter currency in case things go really badly. Uh, we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some very special rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. You can go to gold.freetalklive.com, and by hand-picked, I mean I picked these out. And you can go. Uh, the, the intention is, is that you'll be able to comparison shop between the other gold and silver purveyors out there and see what the rates are like. I believe, and uh, you know, Ian, you checked it uh, recently on uh, some stuff that you were purchasing. Some that, of the dimes, yeah, yeah. That uh, that Midas has some of the best rates out there. Well, not only that, I mean, I did find dimes somewhere else for about on par of what Midas had, but they didn't have the inventory. I said I, I'm looking for a thousand dimes because that's what Midas has on their website. You just buy a bag of a thousand ninety percent silver dimes. I said I'm looking to get a thousand dimes. What's the rate? The guy wrote me back, said, "Well, this is the uh, the rate, and I only have four hundred of them." Hmm. So if you wanted to get more than a thousand from Midas, you could likely get more than a thousand. I mean, they oh, seem to they have a bunch of them, right? Yeah. They seem to have it together as far as inventory is concerned, and that well, counts you, for a lot. If you if you run a small operation, you run a small operation. You, right. you provide better customer service or whatever it is that you do to to, to make your marketplace work. Well, Ted work. Anderson is yeah. in charge of Midas, and I wouldn't say his is a massive operation. I mean, it's it's a you know in Burnsville, Minnesota, or wherever it's know him and uh, there are people involved yeah. certainly it's not a small i guess it's not small but it's not you know 
some of the other gold companies out there. I'd say there are larger ones, but I, you, I'd put him in the, the top 10 of sizes of gold and silver, of numismatic purveyors in, in America. The guy is, you know, he knows what he's doing and he's not afraid to get out with his customers. I mean, remember during the Ed Brown thing, uh, it was Ted Anderson who came out and was the cook, the barbecue yeah, guy. He was, at cooking the, brats. Right. He went out to, uh, he brought, you know, his son and a few other folks out from the, from GCN, yep, from our, our syndicate. Uh, he brought him out to Ed Brown's house when Ed and Elaine Brown were kind of holed up uh, with the federal government nipping at their heels, trying to put him in a jail cell, which they eventually did uh, to for not paying federal income tax. Ted Anderson, you know, put his safety on the line and went up and and stood by these people and and created an entire like concert event, event yeah. and cookouts uh, on uh-huh. their property. And and he was right there with the chef's hat on at the at the barbecue grill. So yeah. this is a guy who, despite being incredibly successful uh, gold dealer and having a very successful business for a long time. I mean, Midas has been around much longer than we've been doing this radio show. Uh, it's a guy who's humble enough to stand there and, and cook bratwurst for people. Yep. Just people talking, he's never met. Yeah, just talking just talking to everybody. He didn't know who I was when I went up and talked to him. Right. And, you know, he was just chatting away. He's like, oh, you're Mark Edge. Yeah, we never met him before. When I introduced myself, I guess I, I sort of rambled through it. Hey, Ted, Mark Edge. You know, yeah. and, you know, could have I could have been saying anything, if especially if you don't quite get the accent. Right. Anyway, uh, go to gold.freetalklive.com uh, and, and check them out. Now, there's a poll that you wanted to promote tonight, right, Mark? Yeah. Related to this? Well, I, I guess it's related in that uh, it has to do with uh, Free Talk Live putting together a silver bar. Uh, we're going to create a custom silver bar. We're least, talking about yeah, it. Yeah, we're talking about it. We're in the, we're in the talking stages. Don't hold us to it. We yeah. may change our minds at any point. But we're cre- this has been in the talking stages for a few years, and it's yeah. just kind of bubbled back well, up. I think recently. everybody wants their own silver bar. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're, we're thinking about making one. We'll and- have the Free Talk Live logo on it. Mm-hmm. And the reason we decided on a bar is because it's different. You know, it's not your typical one ounce silver round. It's, yeah. it's shaped different, like yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's it is different. Yeah. And um, well, there's a poll at poll.freetalklive.com, and uh, go there. I think do you have to have a an account in order to vote, Ian? You do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if if you wish to vote in this, um, and I'll tell you what the choices are here in a second. You'll have to register for an account. The accounts are linked, by the way. So if you've got an account on the main Free Talk Live website, you already have a BBS account as a result of that. So if you've, if you've already registered with Free Talk Live once, uh, it's likely you're already good to go there. Yep. There's uh, more information, but I'll give you the basic rundown. There's a, uh, a sort of a uh, nice, expensive, highly polished version, or there's the not quite as pretty and much cheaper to pr- produce, and therefore it's going to be cheaper to buy mm-hmm. uh, version version excuse me um and so you would vote between those two there's also a uh third choice third choice which is uh you would vote for neither of them because hookers only accept frns it's funny funny. yeah it's kind of funny credit to uh, jason osborne for coming together with this idea great osborne oh it uh, put that together and he's he's the one who's spearheading this and uh in case you don't he wants to make this happen frn is it's a federal reserve note greenbacks so one of the important steps is we've got to talk to Midas and see if we can kind of work a deal with them to have them distribute it. Because I don't know about you, Mark, but I don't feel like filling orders during the daytime. We've got other things to do. So I don't. Yeah, I don't even think we could contractually do that. Right. I think it has to be Midas, and yeah. I'm certain that uh, Midas will do that. Right. Right. All right. So eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the SACL CAI toll free line. Let's talk to. So go to poll.freetalklive.com to cast your vote in that poll. Yeah. Uh, let's talk to Randy listening to WTAR in Norfolk. Virginia. Hello, Randy. Hey, how you doing, guys? Hey. I just had a quick comment. Sure. Um, I've never really heard this, uh, anybody talk about this, but we've had a lot of 
economic downturn, this recession stuff the last five or six years. And nobody's ever mentioned that the fact that Americans have had to quadruple their gas costs is, might be a direct cause for this. I mean, if you've got a, you know, a standard vehicle or a family of five and an SUV, you go from paying 35 bucks a week to paying $95 a week for your gas. That's a significant amount of money that you can no longer go and spend at Walmart or Walmart or your gas station or buying soda. That, you know, that instead of buying a full tank of gas and a six-pack of Pepsis, you're not buying your Pepsis anymore. You know, you're not buying any of that anymore. And nobody seems to have mentioned that that's directly causing people not to be making as much money because they're paying so much more for fuel. It's a, it's a lowered standard of living is, is what it is. I mean, these, these continually right. in, increasing prices in fuel, and also, of course, when fuel increases in price, so does pretty much everything else. So uh, food going up, and much of this is uh, kind of related to the fact that the government can print out as much money as it wants to. That's that's uh, tends, tends to be a factor well, in rising prices. Yeah, the inflation, you know, and in addition to the, the rising gas prices is just a way to transfer more more money from the poor people into the few hands of the, the wealthy elites who make this money and make these huge profits that, and then don't pay taxes on top of that, like the Exxon Mobil, who uh, sure I, I'm all against paying taxes, like anybody oh, yeah, else. But you know when I this have nothing against paying taxes, nothing against making a profit. I mean, we run a business ourselves, but the, the point is, is that now that we have three vans to fuel up and we're paying three times as much for our fuel, it's much harder to make a profit. Right, right. But it, in the Except same... for the gas companies. They're making the profit. They're, they're also not. getting subsidies. They're also getting, That's the problem. They're also getting help from the government. That's the problem. And there's no, the, you can't just jump into the game either. So it's okay to make a profit, but if you are in an in a industry that is insulated, protected yes. from new competition, exactly. like the oil uh, industry is, then those exactly. profits are much more guaranteed let's, by the government. Let's not a, forget to point out that the, uh, the, the profit... Per gallon that a that one of these oil companies makes is less than the amount of taxes that the governments, uh, all of the governments, place upon it. So, sure, sure. If, if our, uh, our our betters in the uh, federal and state and local governments really wanted to see the uh, the, the 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 minions uh, have a better lifestyle, they could do that too. Yeah, well, that's a that's an easy money source for the government because people. They don't really question the gas. They they, they know can't. they need, they need to go out and visit their yep. friends or to go to work and make that money. So they're going to pump that gas no matter what. And in the, the whole, you know, the, the idea that these these taxes aren't made readily available in most pumps. You don't see. I've seen some pumps that said Where it identifies that said, so much. Yeah, eighty one cents per gallon is taxes, but not every pump does. So you're not aware of that transaction. Right. All you see is the dollar sign, and then you instinctually connect that with the vendor that is selling you that gas. It sucks, though. I totally see where you're coming from, Randy. Anything else you want to share tonight? Is he gone? I think he's gone. We Randy, thanks, the dirt. thanks for the call, dude. I appreciate it. That's probably a cell phone. Uh, and he sounded like a busy guy. Maybe he had to go, you know. Uh, but this is a big deal for people when these costs raise, when you are just barely making oh, yeah. ends meet, and all of a sudden, gas costs twice as much, and you drive for a living, or you drive to get to work, uh, then that's a big hit that you've got to take, and you've got to look at other things to cut, because... Those costs aren't going down anytime soon. You know, and it was, what, uh, 11 years ago, the, the summer of 1999. I remember it, 99 cents. It oh, was yeah. 89 cents in Union, South Carolina uh, yep. when I was there. I mean, I couldn't believe I saw that in my lifetime. I couldn't believe it even dropped that low when that happened. Because so it was higher than that before. It kind of yeah, swooped down a little bit. All right, 800-259-9231. Hour three's next. You take control. Bring up anything. It is Free Talk Live. It's the shirt you wear most, an essential in any professional man's wardrobe. It's the white dress shirt, and for over half a century... 
The Paul Frederick White Pinpoint Oxford Dress Shirt has set the standard for quality, comfort, and style. It regularly starts at $40 or more, but we're so confident that it will become your favorite shirt, we're making it available at the exclusive introductory price of only $19.95. Go to 1995shirt.com and choose our classic button-down with button cuffs or our traditional straight collar with either button or French cuffs. Choose from regular, trim, and big and tall sizes with 55 combinations of collar and sleeve lengths for an exact fit. Order today and you'll also receive free monogramming and $8.50 value. Go to 1995shirt.com right now to order your Paul Frederick White Pinpoint Oxford Dress Shirt for just $19.95. Enter promo code TUCK. That's 1995shirt.com. Promo code TUCK. This is Free Talk Live. You're invited to take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything that's on your mind at 1-800-259-9231 as we launch into the third hour of the program. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. Once again, that number for you, toll-free, 800-259-9231. It is brought to you by SACL CAI, 800-259-9231. So there's kind of a scary uh, bit of news out there about the world of technology. Of course, as uh, we know, the government would love to get its mitts on as much of the technology sector as it possibly can. They just want a taste, Ian. Just a taste. Well, they want the money, as we were talking about before. They're very interested in uh, taking your money and taking the money of the uh, software companies and the various technology uh, distributors out there, wholesalers, etc. And the problem is the government is really slow and and ignorant and, and pretty clueless and dumb. Uh, Full so of people that really can't use computers very well either. Yeah, I mean, if they were if they were good at doing things like that, they probably wouldn't be in government in the first place. Yes, there you go. So they'd be doing something productive with their lives. But uh, as I'm talking about the politicians specifically, because they're the ones that have to come up with these ideas as to how to control uh, people. Now there are professional bureaucrats who can propose regulations as well. And but they they still have to go through a process in order to make this happen. And we know that government is slow at everything it does. You know, the court system that's supposedly all about speedy trials can take a decade or more to resolve an issue. And usually to the satisfaction of the state, eventually, as all as when all is said and done. Um, So we know that the government is slow. And thank goodness, because technology moves so much faster. You've got I think it's Moore's Law where. You know, over time, every year or whatever, the relative or every eighteen months or something like that. The it was originally every two years that technology doubles. It's yeah, and its capacity, computing power, and, right. computing power doubles, and now it's down to less than every eighteen months. Right, and so, it's moving closer and closer to every twelve months or whatever over right. time. Well, the suggestion is that by twenty twenty, the computers will will have the computers will have the computing capacity of the human brain. Yeah. It's incredible. I don't think they'll be able to compute in the same way that the human brain can, but... That might be by 2030. Right. When you're talking about 2030, (laughs) at that point, you've got enough computing capacity that you might be... (laughs) Even if the the, the human brain computes in a different way, you'd think you'd be able to mimic it at that point. Yeah. So there's a lot of exciting things happening in the world of technology, and the government's still running around trying to figure out how to tax anything they can out of this internet. And by the time. Also, part of it is the whole legislative process where the legislators are sitting there debating a bill and they collect all those bribes and their campaign contributions from various interest groups that are lobbying them for a certain outcome of this bill. So that's that's a lot of good money, too, that goes directly to their pockets that I think they definitely want to 
get into that market. But they go so slow that when a proposal finally hits the government and finally kind of snakes its way through and maybe has a chance of, of succeeding and passing, technology's already changed. It doesn't matter. It's already, you know, the, the technology world, the Internet has moved past whatever that old tech is that they're looking to regulate. Yes, we'll, re- we'll regulate this DOS operating system. Yeah, dot matrix printers. Yeah. <laughs> so and for every dot that a dot makes matrix printer prints, we get a penny. But that won't stop them from trying, and they are continually trying to do this. Maybe one of these days, one of these proposals will actually stick. And so we bring this news to you from PCMag.com to give you an idea of what these people want to do. Uh, John C. Dvorak reporting that it looks like some well-meaning, good do, uh, do-gooder idea, but I can assure you that it's the camel sticking its head in a tent, and that is that four U.S. senators want Apple to remove police checkpoint apps for public safety reasons. So we'll tell you more here. He says, I'm referring to the breaking news uh, that I just described where they want to control what apps you can or cannot buy. They began their effort by nearly demanding that Apple eliminate any iPhone apps that help consumers find police checkpoints so they can avoid them. The rationale behind removing these apps is the senators say the only reason people would want to avoid a police checkpoint is because they're drunk. Thus, well, I've, I, look, that's patently untrue. I've had, uh, you know, been stopped on, or there was a police checkpoint on Highway 41 um, in between Sarasota and Manatee counties that I decided, you know, I'm on my way home. I need to get home. They've got all these cars piled up, car after car after car. It's not like it's a fast process to check through and, uh, you know, do what they do at these checkpoints, you know, ask you for your ID and then, you right. know, ask you some questions and then move you along and all that stuff. I just turned around. It, there was just another quick uh, way home through the back streets, and I just quick made a U-turn right in the middle of Highway 41, six-lane six lane highway that was stopped because because uh, the, the cops were checking everybody and just went on home. Yeah, maybe you just have an objection to the idea of intrusive I police busy. checkpoints. That's all. So uh, they've rationalized that the apps are a hazard to the public. Now, again, when government people use the term public, what they mean is a hazard to the government. Right. Public is, is another term yeah. for government. Yeah. Uh, so when they're public servants, they're not serving you. They're serving the government. Yes. You know, if it was really a, the hazards for public they were, the, they were worried about, then they wouldn't – with all these people stopped in the middle of the road, somebody might be fiddling with their, uh, their, their, you know, their radio or something or turning around to talk to the kid mm-hmm. in the back seat and then uh, not realize that the cars stopped, uh, are stopped up ahead. Aren't they really creating a public hazard yes, by sure. stopping cars? Hazardous road conditions by causing a otherwise normal flow of traffic to become a stop and go. Yeah. That's not good news. So, what? Uh, according to Dvorak, uh, in a widely quoted joint letter to Apple iPhone's VP Scott Forstall, the senators wrote the following quote, We write today with grave concern regarding the ease to which, with which downloadable applications for the iPhone, iPad, and other Apple products allow customers to identify where local police officers have set up DUI checkpoints. With more than 10,000 Americans dying in drunk driving crashes every year, providing access to iPhone and iPad applications that alert users to DUI checkpoints is harmful to public safety, unquote. Now, Dvorak points out that if well, this is- <laughs> if it's it's really uh, you know when when you get a letter like this, it's a threat. Mm-hmm. When you have a letter signed by four senators or whatever it is, it's a all out threat. Do what we say you, now or else. Yeah, if you run a big company, you know what what the well, you know what the deal is. 
It's, and now, as Dvorak points out, if this is actually about public safety, then why don't the senators also advocate removing all the apps that show the numerous speed traps around the country? After all, speeders are a danger, too, aren't they? In fact, speeding is the leading cause of death and not drunk driving. Right. By the way, sober people like to avoid police checkpoints, too, if you haven't noticed. Who the heck wants to go through a police checkpoint to be grilled like a criminal for doing nothing more than driving down the street? I don't like it. I mean, I've gone The only through. people that like it are total status who are like, oh, please give me all your services you can, officer. Yeah, like that's a service, right. please. Yeah. If they're busy, they don't like it then either. This whole thing is an attempt, according to Dvorak, to regulate apps. Already we've seen the FCC poke its nose into regulating the internet by getting involved in net neutrality issues. As this column is being written, meetings are taking place all over Washington to find ways to regulate the distribution and use of the internet. Watch C-SPAN sometime, and you can see the guys ready to set up shop to do this. This will mean, eventually, licensing. In the early 1900s, when the radio hobby was blossoming, you didn't need a license to broadcast anything. Yeah. We thought free access was going to change the world. Then, the government jumped in because... Things were supposedly getting too chaotic. The hobbyists were shoved into a few specific bands, and the pros, commercial companies, were required to have a license. Soon, the hobbyists were also required to have a license. That's how it goes. Where is the real action in the radio spectrum? The unlicensed bands. Now, another legislator, Peter King, wants to ban the ham radio folks, the only people who manage to communicate during real emergencies, from operating. Again, there's a bogus rationale. In this case, it's because of the idea that Muslim hams could plan terrorist attacks. This is our government at work. The nerve of these four senators to issue a private company like Apple to sell or not sell something to pressure them, rather, is incredible to me. This crap is just going to get worse as long as guys like this remain in office. But unfortunately, yep. replacing them will not change things. To, to these kind of people, these, uh, these, these statists that are in government, the only solution is more tyranny. And that's, tyranny is the opposite of freedom. And freedom is the ability to do what you want as long as you don't hurt somebody else. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, this is a great app. This will show you how to plan your route out in order. I mean, are really are people that are drunk off their butts planning their routes out on their iPhone? Come on. I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong. If you're too drunk, you can't see the screen on your iPhone. Yeah. It's going to be blurry. Well, who wants to go and volunteer for a shakedown anyway? I mean, seriously. Right, right. You know, it, 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 it could be anything. Who knows what uh, they're hassling you about? You but know, this is oh, just hey, the beginning. You don't have your seatbelt on, you, right. you, whatever. This is just the beginning, and they will want to go after the speeding apps. They're picking on this one first because, you know, everyone hates drunk drivers. So they figure this is the easiest political move to make. Yep. And it's the camel's nose under the tent. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control. Bring up what you want. Do you think there should be controls like this on the Internet? It's a scary idea. It's free talk. How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event is what you make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and much more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November 2011. But you need to reserve your berth now. There is low... As $535 double occupancy, go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today. Cruise.freetalklive.com.
This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features there, including our wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you, wiki.freetalklive.com. Memorydealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers. Including SFPs, XFPs, GBIX, Zenpax, and X2s. They're all 100% compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off of list price. They also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. In stock, ready to ship, the overnight delivery, it's MemoryDealers.com. So we're talking about uh, the government attempting to control channels of communication. Uh, looks like there's a proposal afoot, perhaps uh, coming soon, to regulate the app stores for the iPhone and for the Android because of those naughty, naughty developers that are putting out things like Trapster and other programs that allow people to identify, uh, I guess, together, crowdsource, if you will, to bring uh, users together to identify where the police are, where checkpoints are, so users of the application can submit their information, can verify other information that has been submitted, because in theory, the cops could be submitting false information, Uh, so verify that the checkpoints are actually true, and then follow the information there, and be advised around certain areas uh, as far as their traveling habits yeah. are concerned. You know, what would be so difficult for these officers? I mean, you know, the, the, to be a little more fluid and less, uh, you know, they, they just pick up, move, pick up, move. Then people don't know where they are. I mean, people could just as easily give tele, make telephone calls to their friends and tell well, them where Mark, you're are. forgetting they're bureaucrats, too. They're used no, to their, their paper process and their, we got to stand here because I don't feel like walking over there anymore. Well, yeah. right. They want to sleep in their cars, Mark. You can't sleep in the car if you are driving it around. Yeah. You know, if, yeah. If, if bureaucrats were in charge of uh, developing the wheel, we'd still be uh, we'd still be rolling around on wooden uh, wagon wheels. Well, I mean, this, you know what, this Mark? is the attitude. You're really, you're, you really have it all for these cops you know how are they going to get their backseat uh sexual favors for getting people out of their dui violation if, i can't if imagine letting... that's going on at a checkpoint uh, i would think there's too there's too much accountability there oh geez too much accountability right I, when there's look it ain't going on when there's four or five cops around it seems Who to knows? me i bet i could find a story I, I you know you might be able to find one <laughs> So there's that where the government people are wanting to control the app stores out there. And then actually in that story, I discovered this news about the ham radio spectrum being under attack. So I immediately wanted to learn more about this. Uh, the you know for those that don't know amateur radio as it is called or ham radio is a licensed form of two-way radio communications and it's a you know, I don't know how popular it is I think it's probably a little more popular than CB but how popular any of these things are these days really the the realm of the internet you don't have to be licensed for CB right have you ever listened to CB bands no I mean uh, back in the nineties nobody was on them so yeah it's not very useful whereas ham radio you can get much more range, oh, and yeah. thus the the usefulness is much greater. Well, there's Don't a lot. Of, truckers use CBs. Truckers still use CBs. Yeah, I mean that, that's channel 19 is where you're going to find action if there's anything going on at all. You'll also hear people talking over skip on CB, which is where they're using illegal equipment to talk long distances mm-hmm. uh, over CB. So you know CB, I think I think still has its fans out there. Obviously, there are still people using it. But I can tell you, when I got into it as a teenager. 
there wasn't much out there. I mean, we were living in Sarasota, Florida, which isn't the biggest market in the country. So maybe there are, there's more CB action in major metros than there is uh, in, in Sarasota, Florida. But I can tell you, you know, even living by the interstate and listening to Channel 19, there wasn't a whole lot of, uh, lot of traffic. Hmm. So, but the amateurs are a little bit of a different uh, set because CB at one time was licensed. Now, this is kind of one of those few areas where you actually have seen the government roll back. Um, the CB explosion of popularity in the late 1970s, uh, I think, led to, and I don't remember exactly what year it was that the, the FCC pulled its, its licensing. But essentially, CB used to have a license and then they stopped because nobody was getting licenses. It was a great example of civil disobedience or non-cooperation where people were operating on these radios that were supposed to be licensed and without a care in the world for whether or not they were supposed to be licensed. And so the FCC at some point just threw up its collective hands and said, screw it. Yeah. It's unlicensed. And so they they do still have licensing for for the amateur bands, and they have over time made those licenses easier to acquire. There are no more Morse code tests on some of the licenses, Gosh, so there's there's different what is the levels. Point of Norse, Morse code. Well, if your microphone for whatever reason isn't operating, uh, you could send out dos and dits and communicate yeah. with uh, with people. God. I suppose there's probably another reason for it. Maybe the dos and dits could be. Travel further, easier to hear. I, I would seem like it's more difficult to understand that. But what do I know? I'm not a ham radio operator because I refuse to get a license <laughs> to operate uh, radios. I think the only place Morse code is used anymore is in Hollywood. Uh, you know, people banging on prison yeah. pipes and stuff like that. Well, nowadays you can actually just hook up your ham radio to a computer and it will translate it for you. <laughs> and it will also send for That's you too. That's true. Um, so, But who wants to, I mean, <laughs> will it receive it? Sure. Yeah. If you have your radio set. So it will receive it. So somebody else can yes. send their stuff back and forth? Okay. Yes. Yeah, they even have what they call packet radio so where, where, yeah. where they can send information packets, uh, which you know, is much slower than the Internet, obviously, but you can send data over, over ham transmissions as well. Yeah. So uh, you know, there's a lot of reason for radio geeks to be interested in this. Unfortunately, it's a licensed band. But that doesn't mean that they won't take it away from you. As we were talking earlier, you know, when you rely on the government for something, whether it's uh, you being in Wisconsin or a public teacher or public uh, employee thinking you're going to get some sort of sweet pension from the government, then all of a sudden them pulling the carpet out from under you or joining the military and thinking they're going to pay for the college, but finding out that the deal wasn't quite what you expected it to be or uh, social security where you think you're going yeah, to get uh, retirement and then they raise the retirement age or they lower the amount that they uh, they pay out. I mean, the government can change the rules at any time. And so whenever you enter an agreement with them, you always need to be aware of that. If you're doing a deal with the devil, so to speak, you get what you get. Right. And, the whole I think the whole thing to think about when you're dealing with this sort of government is if something goes wrong, who do I talk to? Because that's that's the really the issue at hand. If you're dealing with a private business, you can talk with the owner, and they'll usually try to, or some manager, manager, and they'll try to make it right because they don't want this bad image. But right. the government doesn't care if they have a bad image. They really don't care if you think they're crap. They'll they'll say this is the service. You have no choice. You have to use it. Now get in line, fill out your paper. And you're going to pay for it, whether you like it or not, whether you use it or not. You're you're going to pay for it. And so it's happening now to the hams, according to Wonkat.com. We thought he was plenty busy hating on Muslims, and why can't the Muslims just shut their halal holes and enjoy America's endless, <laughs> bloody, pointless, murderous wars against Muslim countries anyway? But Representative Peter King is also trying to shut down America's ham radio frequencies. Why? 
to swap them for some new broadband for cops wireless thing. Because if there's one thing the cops need, it's more ways to talk to each other on the radio. Oh, and because the current cop band is being sold off to the private sector, because the federal government sells the airwaves because it can, and if you have maybe a pirate radio station playing the hip-hop or revolution rock, actual armed agents will arrive and take your stuff and eventually put you into prison. We'll give you details on exactly what's being proposed here for the, uh, the the hams. And interestingly, the hams' response and how obedient they sound in their response oh, to, they're pretty uh, obedient to this. Folks. They are so pathetic. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Boost Kit Essentials Nutritionally Complete Drink. Providing your picky eater with essential nutrition and great taste in one drink. Visit us at kitessentials.com. To make sure your kids eat healthy, follow the five-a-day plan. Serve three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruit daily. Remember, a serving could just mean a piece of fruit or a half cup of veggies. If your kids are picky eaters, ask a nutritionist about other sources. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And what is SACL CAI anyway? SACL CAI is a company that handles accounts receivable for other companies. Because uh, that ha- job sucks, let me tell you. Yeah, it's not collecting much fun. money. Yeah, collecting money, keeping track of all that stuff. They, they do collections. They do early out billing. They purchase charged off receivables. All you have to do is give them a call. Um, their banner is at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. Click there, see their website, get their telephone number. The uh, principal over there, Jason Osborne, big fan of Liberty, big fan of Free Talk Live. Yeah, I mean, there's... Obviously, the reason to go with SACL CAI is because they're going to get the job done, uh, and they do it with respect, respecting your customers. But another good reason is because Jason Osborne is he's a great guy, and he pours his money into this movement. I mean, heart and right. soul, too. He Jason, what? Heart and soul, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's an awesome guy, and just uh, can't say enough about that. Yeah, does great work. Now living in New Hampshire, um, a lot of the time he still kind of has to travel back to Ohio, which is where his business was uh, primarily operated. But he, he is here. He's got a home now and his family's living in New Hampshire. I think that's great. It's good to have him here. And of course, it would be great to have you here as well. We'll, uh, well, we'll tell you about the Porcupine Freedom Festival coming up here in a little bit. Now at Porkfest, uh, there, <clears throat> there was last year a bunch of people with two-way radios. Yep. And I was one of them. Uh, JJ, I don't know if you had yours yep. at that time. I you did. did? Yes. Um, so a number of people had them. In fact, they sold out almost almost instantly because it's, it's like really cool when other people have two ways. You yeah. want to get one and get in on the conversation. Um, and every one of those people was violating FCC regulations. That's right. Every time they keyed up their radio. It's not, not illegal to uh, – not, it's not a violation of the regulation to have the radio in your possession. It's illegal to operate the radio without the government's permission or a violation of their regulations, which technically is illegal because they will send uh, men with guns or they could send men with guns after you for it like they do with pirate radio stations. But some of these radios, we were using marine band radios, and apparently it's illegal to use a marine band radio if you're not on the water. You don't need a license, but you have to be on the water. Hmm? Standing in a puddle? I'm not sure, Mark. These are good questions. Maybe you could go research (laughs) that. Uh, So my point in bringing this up is the amateur radio folks are under attack, 
by the federal government. Some federal goon has proposed uh, as part of a budget thing uh, to change the radio spectrum around, to take away a certain band from the amateur ham radio spectrum and give it to the police, basically. And it's sad to to read the amateur radio people's response to this, and I'll uh, I'll share that with you here. This is from Wonkette.com. She cites the ARRL, which is, I think, the Amateur Radio Association. I don't know what it stands for. It's the group that – the national group of amateur radio operators. So they say that this bill, H.R. 607, lists among bands to be reallocated for commercial auction within 10 years of the passage of the bill, the paired bands of 420 through 440 megahertz and 450 through 470. Now, these are what they call the 70-centimeter spectrum, and the centimeter is the the width of the uh, – I guess the wave, if you will. Um, And uh, it's they're saying it's a major problem that it's uh, not public safety spectrum and should not be a 420 through 440 is not public safety spectrum and should not be included in any spectrum swap of public safety allocations. While the ARRL and all amateurs support the work of public safety and recognize their need for dedicated spectrum, which would promote interoperability. The ARRL vigorously opposes H.R. 607 in its present form. It's a direct threat to our limited spectrum, and the ARRL encourages all amateurs to appropriately voice their opposition to this bill. So, you know, while licking the boot of Master, uh, they're letting Master know that they're very upset. Please don't do this Yes, the rope is too tight. We love you. We love you so much, oh, police officers. But please don't do this. Because it's those very same police officers with their uh, with their radio system yeah, that'll be staking out your house if you decide to operate on their new uh, little bandwidth system that they uh, that they come up with. Oh yeah, don't get don't get on their turf. Yeah, and they know that too, and and they think that well, I've gone ahead and jumped through the hoops, and so I'm a licensed operator, and so they won't mess with me. Well, now they're just taking away an entire band from you. Now it doesn't mean that it's over for amateur radio operators if this passes and goes through. There still are other bands on which they can operate. There's different. There's the two meter band. There's much longer bands as well that are much lower frequency range. So this is just taking away one chunk of many different uh, bands on which they can operate. So it won't destroy. Completely uh, the amateur radio spectrum, but it'll take out you know some of their fun. They like to do these things and have their little uh, experiments and their radio things that they do on these bands, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I, they won't be able to do it. Anymore. I've been uh, I've been in the radio industry for so long, and there's so many people who are into this stuff in the radio industry, and I just have never really understood it. Uh, DXing and things like that. DXing I, is uh, attempting to listen to or transmit for very long distances. Yeah, just. I, it's their hobby, whatever. You know, that's their that's their thing. But I think it's just it's just sad. The amateur radio people and I, I should be more fair. I'm sure there are some rogue amateur operators out there, people that are that don't like the government and just jumped through the hoops because they just like being radio geeks so much that they wanted to get their license. Or maybe they came to they got the license and then came to the realization that the the government is in Sucks. fact just a, yeah. a a band of criminals. There is that possibility. But the AR the ARRL certainly does not reflect those people in the way that uh, that it speaks. Uh, to these government agents many amateur radio operators are essentially like little wannabe government agents if you get on their band and you start because uh, you, you can go and buy a ham radio you don't need a license to buy the ham radio yeah you can plug that sucker in boot it up uh, and turn it on and key up and there's no one that's going to stop you from doing that except for the other hams the fcc's not listening to the amateur radio right, bands. right. 
the other hams are listening. If you don't get on the – because when you're a ham radio operator, you have to identify yourself by some government call sign, which is like KXQ237. You know, they've got these numbers and letters. The string KZQ79. Of, right, right. They've got these uh, for, for all of their operators. And so when you key up, you're supposed to identify yourself so everybody knows what your little ham radio ID is issued by the government. And if you don't do that, then the other ham operators will start to get curious about you. They'll wonder who's who's on their band. They jumped through those hoops. Yep. They spent the time and the effort and the money to uh, become licensed operators. And how dare you come on their spectrum and play on their channels with that ham? It up. Right, without ha- with the uh, ham radio equipment, without one of their precious licenses. Right, and so they will go out and they will find you if you're operating consistently enough. They'll find you. They'll triangulate their your they signal. Sure will. Well, they, they gives will, them something to do, little, uh, little uh, junior detectives. Yep, that's right. And so then they Forensic will... Forensic stuff. I mean, come on. It's, just, it's the classic case of the slave keeping the slave down. Absolutely. That's all it is. And then they'll, they'll dutifully report you and your location and their allegations mm-hmm. about you to the FCC. The very same FCC that is now, you know, presuming this passes, is now going to be ordered to take away their spectrum from them. Oh, just yeah. pull it right out from under them. Oh, sorry, you don't get the 70 uh, centimeter spectrum anymore. Guess you'll have to operate on these other ones until we decide we want to auction those off to corporations as well. Right. When will they learn that they just can't trust the government at, at all, yeah. at any, any level? And the same thing happens in the radio business. The radio business thinks, oh, great, well, we're going to be protected by the FCC because of our license. Well, as a result of all the protection the FCC has done, the radio industry is having a difficult time competing with other audio forms of uh, distribution out there like the Internet. Well, don't for- – yeah, th- that much is true, and, and but that's sort of the long view. Well, even that's the, all the short, this is. Even in the short view, though, radio stations get it from the government. You've got to – there's all kinds of uh, things that they have to – these affidavits and things that they have to keep in a sure but they justify it by saying well this is what we have to do to have a licensed controlled spectrum we just but don't want anybody I'm getting telling on the air you, ian the radio stations generally don't do this stuff they don't have the filing cabinet full of the papers oh, really? that they're supposed to have <laughs> I, I mean i've worked at a lot of radio stations my friend and i'm telling you that they're you know that if if the fcc walks in and says hey let me see your such and such mm-hmm. most radio stations can't produce it really so um i mean they just don't they just don't keep it so they it's all this sort of you know hand to mouth kind of thing where you know the the fcc knows most stations can't do that so they don't go and check i see but when they feel like going after you for whatever reason they've got all kinds of ways to do it it's only the big stations that really care about that license right Toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. But my point being, the obedience to authority leads to more and more clampdowns over time. Yep. More and, authority. Yep. More, uh, less, uh, less freedom for those, in this case, in the radio business. It's just another example. 800-259-9231. Take control of the airwaves in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live. Share your thoughts on whatever's on your mind. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com.
This is Free Talk Live. You dial in toll-free, and you may take control of the airwaves, even in these remaining moments. Enough time for your thoughts. Uh, government controlling all kinds of things. We've been talking about the radio spectrum, but that's not all. They're going after the Girl Scouts. We'll uh, tell you more about that here in a moment. The Porcupine Freedom Festival, on the other hand, relatively uh, uncontrolled as far as the government that's is right. concerned. In fact, uncontrolled in so many wonderful ways. It is an absolute blast. Porkfest.com is where you want to go to get registered. We were there last year and the year before that and before that. And uh, Free Talk Live will be broadcasting live for double the time uh, this year. We're going to be there all week long instead of just Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, we're going to be there all, all week long. It's going to be a blast. So Monday night? Yeah, Monday awesome. night, starting Monday night, all the way through uh, Saturday, all the way through. We'll be there, you know, leaving Sunday. Right. So it's going to be a huge event. It's going to be even bigger, likely this year than last year. Last year, over eight hundred people attended. This year, you're going to be able to experience everything from live musical performances to speeches, uh, maybe some panel discussions, family fun events, uh, agorism and action games. All kinds of stuff happening. It's camping. There's uh, so you know, there's a pool. There's campfires. Yeah, there's a lot of family stuff this year because of the uh, the large influx of families and new movers. It's true. So it's, we're starting it's to see more families moving in, which is great. Definitely a place to, to bring your kids and and to uh, mingle and and network with people. The people are what it's all about. That's right. the, the, now, there's no doubt the the area is incredibly beautiful. We're talking about the White Mountains of northern New Hampshire. The place is called Rogers Campground. So, I mean, even if you were just there by yourself, it would be a good time, or with your family alone, it would be a good time because it's really pretty. But uh, it's the hundreds of like-minded, liberty-oriented people that make Pork Fest not your average camping festival. That's right. These are people that get the ideas of liberty. Many of them have already moved to New Hampshire, and hundreds more are considering making the move. This is their excuse to come and see New Hampshire, tour around the state. There are going to be bus tours happening during the week. And again, all kinds of exciting things happening on the campground itself. Uh, things at night, late night parties. It's a blast. Don't miss out. If you can't uh, if you can avoid missing out, you definitely want to uh, to jump into this. Go to porkfest.com. It's, again, June 20th through the 26th, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. And when I say that it's relatively uncontrolled by the government, there's a small police department in Lancaster, which is the town in which this takes place. But that's pretty much it. Well, last time we were there, the campground had actually asked the police not to come on the property for the That's remainder right. of the event because we didn't want them there We're not interested in in having you come through here they came through and about t- uh, 10 or 20 people started tailing them around the uh, the park talking to one another on the two ways i was telling you yep. about before so you've got people selling products like food and and uh, beverages without permission from the government that's going on it's uh, agorism in action as it's being called uh, so there are all kinds of things you know t-shirts food handcrafted items Lots of stuff being uh, sold just openly without begging permission, not getting licenses yep. uh, from the state, which is – that's a lot of fun. And, of course, the inevitable uh, civil disobedience of uh, cannabis uh, consumption, which became even more open last year, and I was pretty excited about it. Very that. open last year. You know, I, it, it, I, it's it's such a family event. I think that the, the, the cannabis consumption should be limited to a particular area or time. What's wrong with cannabis? Why is it? Why is cannabis anti-family? Well, I think that, that people stumbling about? around drunk isn't a great idea either. Oh, so should people who are drinking also limit their drinking somewhere? Uh, you know, I think that stumbling around drunk. Well, well if you're going to drink, then you're going to go places. And uh, if you're going to stumble, then you're going to look like a jackass. And that should be about enough to uh, you know, right. create I mean, social people, ostracism. People who are intoxicated are clearly, to everyone around them who is not as intoxicated, obviously, are clearly a sore thumb. They stick out. Yep. And, and people will treat them differently as such. 
and I, I think the the community at large will will handle that just fine. The uh, the cannabis consumption wasn't a big issue last year. It's not like people are blowing smoke in kids' faces. Right. That, I'm They're, sorry. That genie's out of the bottle. Yeah. It, it it's. I understand what you're saying, Mark, and I I do respect that that from a parent that uh, you you have this viewpoint. But at the same time, I didn't really see any problems last year. I don't understand it at all. It would seem to me that liberty-minded parents should be the first group of people who would be understanding of people smoking cannabis and uh, and able to explain these things in a mature manner to their kids. The idea that Mark is suggesting is that people who enjoy cannabis as a recreational activity should be ashamed and they should hide themselves away and that there's something bad about using cannabis cannabis and this it's that I th- attitude I think there's adult activities and that there's family type activities and i think they're different is smoking a cigarette an adult activity too should cigarette smokers also hide themselves away that much is true well okay so i'm asking you though should they hide themselves away is that not an adult activity i think that they are uh, at this point you're a hypocrite well, you're a hypocrite, hypocrite. Well, it's commonplace now to smoke cannabis openly at uh, the the Porcupine Freedom Festival. We were sitting down oh, four twenty once. Four, no, it was multiple times. Four twenty at, at one event. People were right. I'm talking about at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Yeah, there have been like seven of them. Well, that's right, it's the last said it was commonplace. Yeah, commonplace the, is not defined by one occurrence. No, the last two at Rogers Campground were were very much open. It was commonplace then at that time. But at the same time, Mark and and Ian, uh, I know in this community that I watch because I I do care about the community. I do care about families, and it seems to me that every time the children are around, that the the adults come around with the children, the the people naturally act differently. And respectful. Now, on one hand, I can say, yes, Mark, we don't want to force the parents to have that conversation any sooner than they're ready. But on the other hand, we don't want to uh, to limit the liberty of, of everyone simply because there are some people here who don't understand what's going on. Yeah, let's it, talk about the Girl Scouts. You're, pan, you're pandering, Mark, uh, to pandering. that to that particular I, segment of people out there that acts all uppity and upset when somebody decides to act like a free human being and completely responsibly smoke cannabis in public. The same people, same people who have the complaint about, well, we've got our it's our park too, because people sometimes here in uh, Keene, when it's warmer out, they will go out at 4:20 in the afternoon to the town square and they will consume cannabis there in public. And there's a certain segment of the population that decides to take offense at this particular activity. Like, oh, I can't walk my kids through that park. Well, why is that? Is it because you're afraid to talk to your kids about drugs? Is it because you're a chicken? I mean, you, you, you can't address this issue, this issue where clearly we're in the right, those who support legalization and decriminalization, that we are in the right. If you can't talk about that and you understand that issue, you need to look at yourself. You're the one with the problem. Well, I think that there's uh, I, I think there's that legal, legalization and decriminalization are an entirely different I- issue than smoking in public parks. I mean, that's a, it's a different issue. Now, I would agree that the politicians have essentially created that issue by, their de- uh, by making it illegal to consume these things. I would still want to smoke a joint in a park, even if it were legal. Mark, because it's pretty, and I would like to sit outdoors and enjoy the scenery as I consume cannabis. And there's nothing wrong with that. And there's no reason to be embarrassed about it. And any parents that uh, that want to be all uppity about that, they're the ones with the problem. They're the ones with the issue about communicating with their kids. That the same kinds of people that probably don't tell their kids about sex either, and then their kids end up growing up and learning about all the uh, learning about sex from watching porn and learning about it from.
from hearing it from, uh, about it from their friends. Well, we with kids really love the parenting tips from you who have none, and I appreciate that. And thank you for all the advice. My tips are as valid better. as anyone else's. I was a kid too, and I had parents, and they made choices about how to raise me and what to uh, exclude from my uh, when I was growing up. What kind of information you to exclude, exclude anything. from me? I'm sorry. You wouldn't exclude anything. No, I would like, not. You don't. You don't find anything inappropriate. Copulating. I think some things are inappropriate. in the park, right in the middle of everything. <laughs> Ian doesn't care. Like, I don't care. A, I wouldn't do it. This is a straw man. No, I wouldn't. It's not a straw man. You ask him. What? You I don't, have, do you think yeah, that it's I people's right it. to copulate in the middle of a public park? I don't think parks should be public. I think that parks should be private. <laughs> Answer the question. Since they since they have paid their taxes towards that public park, I and that park care. is there, par- partly there. I think it's tacky. A- ask me I if it's their, I'm only asking if it's their right. Well, it's public property. People can go there and do whatever they want to so do yes, as far as I'm concerned. So yes, is what you're saying? Yes. See, JJ, I'm not kidding you. God wouldn't support no, them. He has no buffers. That, None. You, Mark, okay, look, you have to. You're going I don't support people the, pooping in the park either, but if that's what they want to do. I think they do, should clean up after themselves. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, how do that we decide sense. what rights people have, though? I mean, we can, we can all bring it back to the root. If you want, I mean, we but can this, have uh, that discussion. Lanca- the Lancaster uh, campgrounds are not public property, so no, therefore true, you're not. just arguing for things that you want to have happen. Oh, they happen. So if uh, and, and you smoking know, pot, I don't care about. I'm not interested in open sex. I, the, you know, I, I prefer privacy for those sorts of activities. That's what your preference is. Yeah, somebody but I'm else, not going to. I'm not going to bitch and moan at somebody for uh, engaging there in that act. If I had a child walking through that park, I wouldn't try to shield their eyes from it. I would talk to my child and say, "Look at those silly people over there. Can you believe what they're doing? Isn't that dirty?" Yeah, you know? I suppose you definitely have a, a lesser opinion of those people if that's not something you support. So. And then ostracism, of course, follows that. I'm not it's saying about you, talking to the kids, right? It's about yeah, it is. But explaining. some parents can't have that conversation. They don't know how to talk to the That's kids. That's why I'm saying it's and, their damn fault. And af- I'm not going to change my behavior for them. They're afraid of admitting that the government is wrong or the government isn't right. You know, right. it's that whole conversation they have to have that the government is a scary right. conversation. The poor Girl Scouts. <laughs> the Girl Scouts will be taken care of. We'll do it tomorrow night. They are under attack <laughs> poor by the police Girl Scouts. again. Not the same group of Girl Scouts, a different group of Girl Scouts in a different place. And we'll bring that up for you tomorrow night. And uh, thanks, JJ, coming in. All right, thank you. Yeah, I don't get thanks because I just Tomorrow night, (laughs) see how it goes. I thank you when you bring me the checks. More on the way (laughs) tomorrow night. See you online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right. It's another edition of the Edgington Post. And I have with me a return guest, Andrew Hemingway. Andrew, uh, are you there? I am here. Now, you're the president of the Republican Liberty Caucus of New Hampshire, is that right? Uh, the chairman, yeah. Chairman, but, okay. Um, you, you know, president kind of rolls off the tongue nice, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so I don't I'm know what the, the, chairman. The, the terms are. Uh, pardon me. But the reason... <laughs> The reason I had I wanted to have you on is uh, you know more about what's going on legislatively in New Hampshire than I do, and there's a lot of good things happening. Um, you know, we our political views may not uh, coincide on everything, but they coincide on a lot of things, especially inside the state. And so I just wanted to go over some of the stuff. Can you think anything off the top of your head that you want to talk about uh, with the listeners, or shall I just go through a list? Well, I mean, I'm happy to, yeah, work work off the list. Um, I guess the 
the I guess the big thing, right, that's on our minds um, are, you know, we had a couple of uh, constitutional amendments this week, which were, you know, pretty significant, but also, um, you know, the budget battle that's kind of shaping up right now, I think is pretty, is, um, you know, obviously relevant because it's happening, you know, right at the moment. So, well, but I'm happy to tackle the list you got. States have budget battles all the time, and they're essentially a battle for, you know, for one year. But um, the legislation that goes through, I think, is what's going to show listeners that might be thinking about New Hampshire or haven't even really thought about New Hampshire, but believe in the ideas of liberty. I think those sure. are some of the things that can really show people um, that uh, progress is being made here. So um, you were saying the constitutional amendments. Is, are you talking about CACR9? Yeah, CACR9 and CACR12, right? Both of those. So, uh, so CA- I, I Let's just right. let's let's talk about them real quick. CACR nine is uh, a, a print is a uh, an amendment that would give parents the natural rights to control health, education, welfare of their children. Exactly right. Is there yep. anything underlying on that? What what what's the idea there behind that? Well, you know, this is put forward by the Natural Rights Caucus, and the idea is, I mean, the really the the idea is in. Uh, is founded really in liberty and and in the realization or, or the the truth that it's you know parents' responsibility ultimately um, you know to raise their children as they choose. It's not the state's responsibility. Um, the amendment actually reads as parents have the natural right to control the health, education, and welfare of their children. Therefore, the state shall not abridge the role or responsibility of parents in controlling the health, education, and welfare of their children. And basically, the underlying fact is what we're trying to do is take a real swipe at a lot of the progressive um, movement, I, I guess, that's been, that's been occurring in, in these uh, particular areas, especially we're seeing in education. I mean, I think you saw, I'm sure you've heard about the Supreme Court case. My very good friend, John Anthony Simmons, was arguing um, that, you know, the state has obviously overstepped their bounds in education, and they have for years and years and years. And now they're being backed by the courts on this issue, um, and and this basically is just a just a statement saying, look, we recognize that it is you know as the state of New Hampshire, if we're putting it in our constitution, that that we recognize that parents uh, have the right to raise their children and to control the education of their children, the health of their children, uh, and the and the general welfare of their children, and it's not the state's responsibility. Okay, so how about uh, CACR 12? What's, uh, what's in that one? CACR 12 is a constitutional amendment that would give the state legislature sole discretion to determine what curricula standards and methods to hold local school standards, local school districts accountable. Uh, it, it would also leave it up to the legislator how to redistribute wealth to the various school districts. And what, what CACR 12 does is basically says, look, the state legislature now is going to be setting the, the educational standards. Over the years, what happened? Does that mean curricula? Does it, like they would decide uh, things like you know what's taught in science class and stuff like that, like they were doing in I think it was Nebraska or something. Yes. Yes. Ugh. Exactly. Now this is actually a very good bill because right now we already have these standards. I mean these things are set up. What this is doing is returning power to the state. When Governor Lynch signs on to. Um, well, federal programs like No Child Left Behind, or when he signs under uh, programs like Goals 2000, um, all these different educational programs that the federal government bribes the states with, you know, some money, saying, hey, you know, come come chase this dollar, and 
But in the meantime, you've got to fork over to us the, the right to set the standards for your children. Yeah, so I can I can see that. I I definitely can see that how more local control tends to be better. I just, you know, I I hate the idea of uh, legislators deciding what science curricula is. It uh, it always I, creeps me out. It doesn't really necessarily get that. It doesn't necessarily get down to the actual minutia of of you know exactly which which curriculum. But what they're what they're doing is they're saying that the legislature is going to set set standards. And and curriculum that any curriculum that meets those standards will be acceptable. Sounds good. How close are gonna, these things to to f- uh, flying through? Well, they both passed the the House. Okay. Um, and now they're going to be coming to the Senate. You know, the Senate's a real problem for yep. us right now. We have we have a, a supermajority, but let's be honest. I mean, we have a bunch of squishy. Yeah. Um, you know, really. I, I think constitutionally ignorant Republican senators in our state Senate. Yeah, there are a lot and, of moderate and sort of, um, you know, sort of finger in the wind kind of Republicans. Um, they're in, an embarrassment. In the yeah. I, I mean, I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, except for about five, yeah. five really great senators. Jim Forsyth, um, Andy Sanborn, those are two good ones that come up to the top of my mind. Absolutely. Ray White is another very good one. Senator Tom DeBlois is a really good one. I mean, but you're not going to say that about are, are, you're not going to say that about my my senator. I can tell you that. <laughs> who's your senator? I've got Odell. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, not well, so great. So moving right along. Right. All, all we can right, you know, when I say mine, I only mean he represents the district in which I happen to live. Uh huh. <laughs> he hasn't gotten any of my money. Um, <laughs> Now, uh, I, I did send money to the uh, Jim Forsyth. Uh, I figured, you know, I'm never going to get a guy. I'm not going to get a guy this year like Jim Forsyth running in my district. So I'll send my money to him. He's a, a listener of the show. Uh, Jim has been Jim has been really fantastic. He's been putting forth a lot of really great legislation, and he's been supporting the right bills. What what I th- what I appreciate about Jim, without getting out on, on the on a rabbit rabbit trail here, is that. He he brings a an intellectual kind of integrity to these debates. It's never about rhetoric with him. He actually is able to get into these bills and break them down for what they really are and what they represent. And that's a rare rare thing to to find in today's politics, especially Jim's, in America. Jim has governor written on him. I mean, like it's it. it at some point in the future, I suspect we'll see something like that. Him running for some major office um, in, I hope so. in in New Hampshire. He's he's uh, he's he's got what it takes. Let's go through some I of really these uh, so. these bills. Just kind of tell me um, about them real quick and their disposition. Have they? Because uh, at this point, all we can really say is something's passed the House, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, and and all we do really in our and this is a lot of this information. I guess I should tell you is coming from. Um, the RLCNH report, and you, yeah. your listeners can sign up for the RLCNH report, which every week, every Sunday, we send out a report list of bills that are upcoming and also bills that have, that have um, you know, been through the House, whether passed or, or, or not. And we give basically, uh, you know, what we consider to be liberty, you know, opinion on it. Yep. So we say this bill should pass, this bill shouldn't pass. And we really focus on liberty-oriented bills. This legislative um, you know, session, I have found, uh, I have found that report to be invaluable. I can't find that information coming from any other source, and uh, it's exciting because I get to see all these liberty-type bills that are going through. So, yeah. I, you know, I recommend yeah. that. Um, now, where do people go again? One more time. You can go to rlcnh.org. And a little pop-up comes up, and you can sign up for it right on, right on the homepage, rlcnh.org. Now, here's one of my personal favorites is HB 145, the right to record public officials. Right. I, I figured you guys would bring that one up. <laughs> I knew this was going to be popular with you guys. Um, 
Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think, you know, does, and this is kind of a no-brainer, right? I mean, it's like... Seems like it. Why would we not have this in place? And if, if, the, if the police officer has the ability to put, you know, has the authority to put a camera in their car and videotape their actions and your actions, why can't I, on the side of the road, record their actions and your actions? Um, you know, what, what, what is it that, that is stopping us from, from, you know, distributing this information or collecting this, this information? Now, before, so I I, before we go on, I entirely agree with you. Now, you'd, con- you'd call yourself a conservative, isn't that right? Yes, I just yeah. I'm I just want my listeners to understand what conservatives sound like in the state of New Hampshire. Yeah, we probably have a little more of a libertarian lean than probably most of the other states. I think that I think it's huh. more than a little. <laughs> if you want to know what um, if you if you want to know what a Republican state looks like, all you have to do is move to Texas or Utah, and you'll find out what a disaster it is that uh, you know the the sort of big government Republican policies will will bring a state. Right. Right. So, um, so I think this is a great this is a great bill, um, and I think it's going to be you know very well received in the House and. and didn't have a problem with so it hasn't gone through the house yet. I have not seen it go through the house yet. Okay. No. HB three twenty nine re- reinstate the requirement um, that uh, parents of an unemancipated minor be notified of abortion taking place, with certain exceptions. This one, you know, I, I I'm always kind of on the fence. I think people should have the rights, but if parents have responsibility in this circumstance, I'm pro life. I don't like abortion in the in, at all, and. But I don't think it should be a you know a crime or put somebody put in in jail for it. I've, I just I, I get all upset about these kind of things. So tell me what yeah, you're well, thinking here. Well, as soon as you write the word, as soon as you put the word abortion into any piece of legislation, right, yeah. or any piece of you know news or anything, it becomes it becomes an issue that it's not. This bill really, if, if we can step outside of the whole abortion issue, is basically saying, look, you know, if if a minor um, becomes pregnant. And, and decides on their own will. And really what we're seeing today is a lot of schools, uh, counselors, nurses, employees of the state are, are counseling our minors, children, uh, on exactly what they can do. Now, this refers back to this, this piece of legislation would also play into what we read earlier in CACR 9, which is that the state can't interfere in the health and welfare of our children. And, and that it's the parents' natural right to be in control and to have authority over their children, especially minors, right? So this bill basically feeds into that, that, look, you can't go have a major medical procedure without this. You, know, you can hardly give your give, – yeah. the nurse can hardly give, their, give a child a, you know, DayQuil or, or, or aspirin at school, but they can go and take them across state lines and have an abortion. Yeah, it's absolutely I mean, true. Kids will get um, they, they've gotten in trouble, expelled, suspended for just bringing aspirin and Tylenol into the school. And uh, right. you know, I mean, I, you, when you're talking about this kind of major medical, this is an operation, and it right. seems to me that you know, I, I'm 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 sure there are some less than happy families out there that uh, this might be a problem for. But I can tell you, I would want my I would want to know um, if it was my daughter. I mean, I don't know a parent that wouldn't want. I mean, I'm sure you're right. There are probably some some parents out there that ugly have, stuff going on. I don't know. Yeah, but but you know, honestly, I mean, how can they? How can you, as a parent, not want to know this information? And I think that they have to uh, they have to bring that forward. And that's what this bill is all about.
So let's uh, run through a few more on this list real quick, um, and other people can sure. and people can go to rlcnh.org and sign up and get this uh, this little dispatch too, just like I get it. Um, but I, I just have another couple of minutes here, and I want to make sure we get through yep. them. Um, that kids would be able to withdraw uh, from school at the age of sixteen instead of eighteen. Yeah, exactly. HB three seventy again. It's a parent's choice. I mean, it's you know this is about liberty. Um, why are we tied into? I don't even really necessarily. I'm not crazy about the age of 16, yep. um, but I think it's it's better than than 18. You know, parents can decide when the, when their child is is done, when their child's not done, and and you know it's it's up to them. It's their responsibility to raise themselves and to raise their children in in an appropriate way. And you know, the outcome of their decisions are their decisions. You know, who are we to to mandate and to make it a criminal act for someone you know under the age of of 18 or you know, now 16, to, to not attend school. I mean, that's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, I don't think it would have made a difference in my life whether I had a high school diploma or a GED, quite frankly. Right. <laughs> right. So um, mandatory vaccinations in school would no longer be um, mandatory? You'd have a conscientious uh, objection kind of st- st- status? Yeah, exactly. You'd be able to kind of opt out of that stuff. I mean, how many, how many you know, scientific reports do you have to show that, that vaccinations do a lot of damage, and instead we have the state just absolutely ramming these things down our throats? And so this is, this is just very simply a way to say, hey, look, I can I know, opt out of these vaccinations, and I have a way to get my child out of these uh, vaccinations. There are horror stories of children who have received vaccinations, who have received, you know, who, who through those vaccinations have you know, got diseases, and there are parents with very, very strong beliefs and strong feelings against vaccinations. They just don't want to have their kids vaccinated. My kid's not vaccinated. I, I wanna, I, right, exactly. I was going to say, I'm one of them. And and because I choose to send my child to public school, they're going to mandate to me that that, that, that child has to have vaccinations. The interesting thing, I think, is about these pieces of legislation. You're not just picking out, you know, um, specifically for this conversation, but they all, if, you, if you've noticed, all feed back to that constitutional amendment. Yes. That constitutional amendment would affect so many different – you wouldn't even need these, these pieces of legislation. All of this stuff would simply go away because now they have no constitutional bearing. Not that it ever really has mattered to them anyways, <laughs> but um, you know, they, they would have literally no constitutional bearing to be able to put forward any of these ideas. And it gives, it gives us on the liberty side a lot stronger of a defense to, to fight against those things. And axe and the axe has been taken to uh, taxes across the board. There's a tobacco tax has been uh, cut, uh, business taxes. Um, there's also the this uh, the, the inspection, which is essentially just a racket that the the, the state set up with uh, with mechanics, so people have to go get their cars inspected annually. Would be dropped down to biannually, which biannually, you know, it's yeah. a step in the right direction. Um, I remember Florida got rid of its inspection. I think it was in '76 or '77, and somehow or another. We lived without cars just uh, breaking down all over the place. Exactly. You know, like, and that—that that is just the level of of insanity, really. That that our government at every single level is at, and the American people have simply sat by and for the last few years, you know, traded their liberty for for this, you know, proposed or. Um, you know, thought of kind of security. Oh, you yep. know, don't worry, we'll take care of your children. Oh, don't worry, we'll take care of your cars. Oh, don't worry, we'll take care of this. We'll take care of that. And we've we've traded all of our, you know, not all, but we've traded a lot of our liberty away in exchange for you know this faux security. And and it's just not real. And now we're now I think people are starting to go, hey, look, you know, this has gone 
too far. And when you start to trace it back, you realize, wow, you know, we've been doing this to ourselves, you know, as a society, uh, we, we've been doing this. And this is just, I mean, a really minute but a very valid point that, you know, why does the state require that I have my car, you know, inspected every, every year? Yep. I mean, where does that come from? Where, where's the constitutional foundation for that? You guys are going to have to chip away at this. The monolith has been, um, you know, grown over time. You're going to have to chip away at it. You can't take a. It's it's so difficult. You couldn't. You just can't bring an icebreaker to it. It's just there isn't an icebreaker out there. So you have to you have to bring the pickaxe and you have to do the best you can. And I want to thank you for doing that, Andrew, and for doing the interview here. Uh, plug the website one more time. It is rlcnh.org. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal. But something seems to be missing. Stickers from LibertyStickers.com. Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's LibertyStickers.com. But wait, there's more. You can buy Liberty Stickers wholesale. Get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination. Sell them or give them away. They're great for gun shows, flea markets, fairs, outreach, and more. Earn extra money, promote freedom, and spread the word. Need custom stickers, labels, or decals for your organization or business? Liberty Stickers makes them. Go to libertystickers.com to order or call 877-873-9626. LibertyStickers.com, the world's most dangerous stickers.